Hey there, hi there, hello there, welcome back once again to another fun and exciting episode of Disney Compendium Volume 30, a nice round number for a phenomenal movie. Nick is my usual yep. co-host, and he's still my co-host. There he is I'm over there. still your co-host, and damn it, we're going to talk about Beautician and the Beast, <laughs> starring Fran Drescher and Timothy Dalton. So here's yeah. a story. He is like some oligarch, right? Okay. And he hires Fran Drescher as like a nanny while she's doing the show The Nanny, but also as a beautician. Ah. <laughs> and then they fall in love. What's that son, of a, son of a gun. I've you, done it again. You did it again. I thought for sure you were going to go with the Ron Perlman TV series. But... The Ron Perlman, Linda Hamilton TV show? <laughs> yeah. That ran for three seasons from 1987 to 1990? Yes, exactly. I was going to th- try to beat you to the punch and start talking about the 2011 uh, romantic fantasy drama film Beastly. <laughs> oh, God. Starring Vanessa Hudgens. <laughs> Yeesh. What we're what we're saying, guys, it's just we're gonna be talking about being the beast, but, but the good one. There's yeah. a lot of garbage that <laughs> trying to tack itself onto this movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this movie was such was like such a success that yeah, to this day, people are still trying to make Beauty and the Beast. Um, the uh, including Disney. Yeah, it's Disney themselves are still trying to cash in on Beauty and the Beast. Um, and for good reason, uh, because it's phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> but, and, um, and it was I also want to, yeah, I also want to point out that the, uh, Ron Perlman series was not cashing in on Beauty and the Beast because it predates it. It came out like before the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And his, it was, it was a different semester. He was like an orphan or something <laughs> like that. I, I, in my mind, that show was like cable it was cbs <laughs> but it was it came CBS. On cbs yeah right. inexplicably i feel like like no that was like usa network or something right like late no i think they, I think they might have run the reruns I feel, like of it. Re, I feel like reruns were playing on the usa network at some point but for, in my mind that's so, just yeah i had a mom my mom would work like she had like a weird afternoon shift so she'd come home and watch it on fridays because she loved that show I'd watch it with her, and it wasn't it wasn't terrible. But the funny thing about that show, kind of getting off topic already, yeah, is that Rick, you know, Rick Baker did the makeup for it, yeah, and he and he's the guy who vouched for Ron Perlman. He goes, "No, I need Ron Perlman here to do this." Yeah, and that's kind of what jump started his career. That show, yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> um, Sarah Connor and Hellboy, yeah, yeah, in this, in this romantic <laughs> CBS yeah. show. Yeah, go go figure, huh? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, and then like you know, there were, uh, I think, nineteen forties. There was a French Beauty and film, the Beast. Right? Yeah, French Beauty and the Beast film that um, we'll get to that because well, I guess we can just, just say it now since it, it originally they were, Disney was like this was one of the early ideas that they had, right? But then like this version came out and Walt's like. Eh. It's somebody's made it. What's the point? Like, it's, you know, it's a, so it's like, you know, they didn't, they didn't pursue it any further for quite a while, obviously. 
Evan, and also it's it's better they waited. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, it's like time made this uh made this movie much more uh, palatable in the future. So and, and also like the technological innovations they yeah. had in the first in the movies prior to this, like where they kind of like yeah. you know we'll get into it, but like they kind of like okay, this is what we can do with the CG now. Now we know how to use this in a real practical way. Yeah. It's yep. it's funny it's funny looking at like um the cast list because it's like all of the bit parts tend to be like these big like recognizable names and then like you know Beast himself is he's an actor but like you don't recognize him from anything other than this and then once this comes out it's sort of his career from here on out. <laughs> so, Robbie Benson, right? Robbie Benson, yep. And then uh, Paige O'Hara's done other stuff. Yeah, and and she's um, she's an artist. Yeah. So she's got her stuff going on, but then you get to like, uh, oh, um, David Jerry, Or- Jerry Orbach as and Angela Lansbury as Mrs. Potts. Yeah. <laughs> No, I guess, uh, and then yeah, David I just tires is the clock. So yeah, Cogsworth. Yeah, Cogsworth. Um, so good, great stuff here. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mr. T is LeFou. Weird. Yeah. Weird <laughs> that, that'd be great. Uh, <laughs> Come on, Gaston. <laughs> imagine, imagine Mr. T uh, singing the Gaston song. Um. <laughs> You the can't even. Like Gaston. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing DMX now, but yeah, yeah, you've just turned it into DMX exactly. So. How do you feel about your mama, Gaston? <laughs> oh, my mama. Forty-five minute Hall of Fame inductions, just talking about how much, how great moms are. <laughs> how great moms are. Yeah, in, love... in a movie where no moms exist. Yeah. <laughs> I guess Mrs. Potts seems to maybe be a mom. Well, she's, she's she's Chip's mom. Chip's mom, but like, I don't, it's, yeah, there's no dad there, and she seems. I don't know how old Mrs. Potts is. But I. Seems, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't seem particularly young. So, like, I wonder. I wonder if something happened there. Uh, it's like, uh, so Chip's your son, huh? Yes. Sure. <laughs> Nodding like, her head. It's it's a. Uh, oh, who who was it that was like a? Who was it that found out like? Oh, it turns out my sister was actually my mom the whole time, but I was raised. Wasn't by that? Like, wasn't that? Uh, uh, Bobby Darren. N- n- not who I'm thinking of, but I think. Oh boy, now it's everyone's yelling. That's listening to this. It wasn't <laughs> Kevin Spacey, was it? No. The, but I think it was Bobby Darren. Uh, yeah, I. <laughs> it's I'm I'm going to just yell, uh, <laughs> yell it later on in my <laughs> in the show. But uh, I'm gonna have to have to yell this. <laughs> no, it was Jack Nicholson. I think. Was it Jack Nicholson? Yeah, I think it was. Like, I don't know why that just dawned on me all of a sudden. I think it's because we were talking about. Nah, I don't know. Uh, no, I'm gonna look it up. 
no, uh, Jack Nicholson discovered the woman he always thought was his sister was actually his mother. True. Okay. Well, <laughs> so that's on Snopes.com. So you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think it's because we we're talking about Batman earlier. Maybe Jack Nicholson. Yeah. This is this is we haven't even barely talked about Beauty and the Beast. We're talking about everything else under the sun except Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, Just, it, it, Bobby Darren was as well. Yeah. So let's uh, let's get right into Beauty and the Beast, shall we? Let's do it. All right. Um, it, this is one of those movies that starts off with a montage i suppose i don't know like i don't know how to put the right word for this it's like the storybook opening like explaining the curse with stained glass with stained glass it's yeah. legend of zelda wind waker yeah uh, <laughs> um uh i do they, they introduce that they introduce the curse right out the gate as what this is what's happened that right. beast was uh, beast whatever his name is I, <laughs> um, do, do we learn his name at any point? i i don't think so yeah but like the, the the old woman is kind of like just ready to be like take this road no you're cursed forever yeah it, <laughs> oh, she's, she's, she's truly setting she, it's entrapment at a point yeah um but it, it's um but like he's clearly he, he's clearly a jerk. Yeah. But like, uh, but she's just making the situation worse uh, by also like I don't yeah she, she's setting him up effectively. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I feel like the live action does, version does a better job of explaining that. Yes, yes. This is actually one of the few times where we can talk about the live action one along with the animation one at the same time because yeah. we've both seen the live action one. Well, I mean, um, we were talking about mothers, like the whole plague yeah. math scene in the live action. Yeah. yeah. And Marty scrolls there. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, but uh, so, yeah, so he rejects the rose and because she wants a place to, she's looking for shelter. And yeah. And he's like, you know, gross old lady, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so. The the spell is that if he can't find a uh, true love before the final petal falls on his twenty first birthday, right? Then like that's it. <laughs> and it's not good. like Little Mermaid where it has to be a kiss or anything. It's yeah. just like somebody just has to love him. Yeah, he like like uh, just love him. Yeah, yeah. Very simple. Uh, Frozen is a nice kind of. Did the same sure. thing with that, and I like yeah. think, for, think Frozen handled it better, obviously. But because um, you can only do so much in how long is this? Eighty-four minutes. Yeah. So you have to really sort of expedite uh, uh, the love interest part of this. Yeah. And so it, it like it comes across more as Stockholm syndrome than. <laughs> Than love yeah. it sometimes, but um, like, like yeah, if the movie had like another twenty minutes or something, you could probably shove in some more stuff of them yeah. actually seeing who they truly are and why she's like, like it sucks that you feel like, but at least you she could have done more to they could have done more to have her, you know, oh, so this is your story, this is why you're yeah this way, this is what happens, like 
she never learns any of that. <laughs> she, she never questions why a candle offer is trying to make her eat dinner. Man, nobody, <laughs> nobody in this movie does. Yeah. It's fuck wild. In this movie. Like, like, yeah, Marie. Yeah. Live action. Kevin yeah. Klein's like, hold up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Maurice, an art singing at me. Yeah, Maurice is a buffoon. I, I guess is the best way to describe him. He is. I don't like Maurice. Yeah, he's he's better here than in some of the other adaptions you'll see of Beauty and the Beast. That yeah. one, the one that I sent you. Um, was that a good times? It was like the good times version yeah, of Beauty I, and the Beast. Yeah, you just tell about that garbage animation. Yeah. Um, good times would go on to like do video games and stuff, too, which is insane. Yeah. Because they knocked out of the park with their movies. Yeah. Uh, GT Interactive. <laughs> that's, my, yeah. that's Good Times Interactive. People don't realize, oh, they started off as garbage Disney ripoffs. <laughs> and Beauty and the Beast, like, he's just a jerk in that. Like, it's like, he stole a rose. And <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the original story, too. Like, he's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, this one feels a little more um, natural with yeah. Beast just being furious. Yeah. Like, because it, it's not like, because the whole stealing a rose thing just comes across as neurotic. Like, yeah. that's what sent you off? Like, this dude broke into your house and ate all of your stuff, but it's the stealing of the rose that set you off? It's not even the rose. Like, no. like if it was you you were trying to take the rose, or if these roses were in some way synced to that rose, or anything, but yeah. it's not. Like, yeah, so... I, I think just him just being just general blind rage and then throwing Maurice into the dungeon makes more sense this character's traits. I mean, let me ask you a question watching this movie. Okay. Did you want to be mean to Maurice too? <laughs> like, I, I feel like, like, like he, like he's getting bullied in the town and you understand why. <laughs> well, like, okay. So he, he will kind of cut like, you know, we're, I'm, I'm skipping over a little bit, but you know, Maurice is going to go do the thing with his inventions, and then he, this dude tells his horse, Philippe, you got us lost. Like, nah, bro, it's a horse. Yeah, yeah. It, it can only go in the direction you point it, my dude. You stupid uh, old senile man. Yeah, but um, I guess we, but we we, we skipped past pretty much. We're just yeah, going to go. Yeah, but, but we're going to go. I'm just, jumping, I'm just jumping to my my Maurice donkey, but we. I think this movie's phenomenal. Plot thin, because um, you can you can you can sufficiently summarize this movie in co- five five minutes. Yeah, a few paragraphs. It's you learn about the curse. You you meet Bell. You meet Gaston. You get the, the opening song. That's the opening. Yeah, you meet Gaston. Dad gets kidnapped by Beast. Horse leads her back to there. They. Sp- she frees her dad for her sake. Now you have the whole, okay, now you get to know the beast. And then dad is trying to convince the town that there's a spooky monster up in the uh, woods somewhere. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it's very, you know, plot thin, but right. it's, it doesn't matter as long as it's well done. 
It's how you get there. It's how you get there. It's the journey. <laughs> um, but I guess let's start off with let's talk about the music because the opening song um, is absolutely fantastic. Pretty, pretty iconic song. Yeah, the uh, I, I I forget. I don't know what the I don't know what the titles of the songs are other than Beauty and the Beast and Gaston, like the ones that yeah. title. Like this one is probably just called Bell. I would assume. I, I think it is. It's called Bell. Yeah. Yeah, because it could also easily be called like Provincial Life. <laughs> that's a win. That's, that's a bad day for a song. Yeah, but it's it's the one thing that's like that and Bell are the only two things that get constantly repeated in this. <laughs> <laughs> Little town, flirt with the old guy who runs a bookshop, so I never yeah, have boy, to pay. Boy, uh, this movie really doubles down on sexuality. Yeah. Like, uh, they're like the triplets that are in here uh, that are always wooing over Gaston. Like, they go out of their way to, like, animate their chests. Yeah. Um, like, when you first introduce them, and they're singing about Gaston at the at the um, water pump. Yeah, like one of them literally just they're like they're resting their chest on the thing, and it's like animated, <laughs> just like yeah. Wave. And there's the um, where it's like, how is your wife? That segment of the thing where yeah. she like like they are going for he is ogling her <laughs> her chest. Yeah, yeah. And she yeah. is like they they really double down on some of that stuff in this movie, and it's weird. They double D down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but well, this is I, I that. Think... But this is that time frame for Disney where you get a lot of that sort of innuendo stuff playing out. Like you know, Beauty and the Beast and um, Little Mermaid had some of the stuff, and then the Rescuers not that long ago had stuff that had to get taken out. And yeah. you know, you're gonna have Aladdin has some like, oh, the animators hit or like the voiceover work and slow it down, or you know, Lion King. If you look in the dust clouds, that all kind of yeah. Out. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, the 90s were a special time for cartoons. Different time! So, yeah. Late not 80s, early 90s, like, cartoons were in a different place. And so, not necessarily for the better, but yeah, just yeah. in a place. Yeah. Uh, I think also, like, the thing with the triplets is Gaston either A, let's be up frank, either had them already, or B, <laughs> the challenge, so. Yeah. I, well, yeah. It, there, there very much is... Uh, yeah, because that, that's that's genuinely what it turns into with Gaston. Like once, once she throws him into the mud, essentially, it's like, well, now, now it's now I'm on the now it's a hunting thing. Yeah, like you know, it's it's taken on a different form. Like at first it was just lust, and now it's like pride. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I feel like we usually we usually, we usually describe the characters a little bit, but. I mean, you know these characters. Yeah. Like, Belle is the nerdy girl. It's like so the... funny that the town all is like, boy, she's weird. She reads books. And yeah. that's the extent of what makes her weird. Like, she just reads books. Like, it's not like she, it's not like she's also... It's, it's not like Chrono Trigger, where she's also an inventor or yeah. something. <laughs> it's... Turns out she's a 10,000-year-old witch, JJ. Yeah. <laughs> She just looks like she's nineteen. <laughs> so, so but yeah. meanwhile, they're calling her odd, but they're 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 all singing in chorus behind her. Yeah, she's, <laughs> it's like, I mean, look, it, she, clearly she might be a witch because she starts singing and then it just hypnotizes everyone else in the song. Yeah, uh, that was like um, 
we'll get to it um, very soon. But I think that was always an interesting thing about Aladdin is yeah. that it presents itself right away as this guy is telling this story. And right. when you meet him, he's singing a song. So when the yeah. songs happen in the movie, it makes sense because like it's his story and he's very clearly, this is what he likes. He's, right. he's, he's music. This one just is, this one's literally just a Broadway play. Um, and and it's presented literally as and, and literally later on. Yeah. Literally shortly hereafter, it becomes a Broadway play and the people like, you know, the people involved with the music and stuff like that's the whole point of this one. So yeah, okay, yeah. like, there's no reason for it to be for the music other than that's just how a Broadway musical would be. Yeah. Um, the, the, uh, the special it, features on the disc, which, which version you get. Yeah. I have a diamond version. Yeah. They, they go into detail like this is what we wanted. We want it to very yeah. much feel like, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's why you have Ashman and stuff doing Yeah. It's like you, you picked those people for a very specific reason. Um, and they nailed it. <laughs> they, they, they absolutely just, like, yeah, just knocked it out of the park on this. Um, so, okay. Just back to the movie. So, yeah. yeah, you have the Bell song. You introduced to Gaston during the song where to Look him. Home. And LeFou, um, like he wants Belle because she's the most beautiful. Thusly, that makes her the best. Uh, yeah. His words, not not. Gaston's <laughs> views and opinions are not, are not those of the hosts or, yeah. <laughs> or the Disney Corporation. <laughs> I, I think I, I think it's a challenge thing where she, she's the only person in town who doesn't think that. He is the greatest. Is, is the cat's pajamas? Yeah, like it's not just the women that all love him, but like all of the men love him too. They and, clearly and, love him, and, and increasingly more uh, uh, interesting like, ways. Yeah, yeah like it's it, some of them. Some of them are very. It's like I, I like are they're jealous of him. Some of them are clearly they just like other ones probably romantically want to be involved with. Yeah. Like, they make it it's much little... more clear. They make it much more clear in the live action one that LeFou probably would like. He's it's like it's like Smithers. Or it's yes. like, no, it's just Burns. Like it's yeah. not. It's it's not. It's not just men. He just wants Gaston. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Um. So. And, and they, they don't play. It's like you know this, which is funny because like you know, you have Ashman and stuff who are very open. You know, very open. Yeah. Together in this so like so it, there's when you get some of that stuff in the music you're like yeah like yeah. the Gaston song you're like i can see him like layering in some of that stuff yeah well i mean like that was a source of controversy when the live action one came out a few years ago like oh this character like he's openly gay it's like okay yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and yeah he was yeah, it's like it was just less explicit in the nineties version. Like, it's like if you didn't think LeFou was like in love with Gaston when you watch the animated one. Yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah. 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 Whatever. But, but like also he's, it's you he's know, totally it, in love with Gaston. Like that, also that was a thing in France at the time that wasn't that uncommon. Yeah. And also we live in the two thousand ten, so hey, what the hell yeah. ever, man. Yeah. Get <laughs> yeah. over it. Yeah, uh, but wasn't uh, Beauty and the Beast the story is written by a woman, right? Um, I don't know. I'm pretty sure. Again, this is one of those things where somebody's yelling like, "Yes, it was written by." Was written by a woman. 
Stop ruining uh, my childhood. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Jean Marie Le Prince de Beaumont. Yes. She hmm. is she is a woman. I would have guessed she's French. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it says she was uh, this she was a French author who was best known for Beauty and the Beast. Mm. Her third husband was Thomas Pynchon, the French spy. <laughs> so, so you know, she's she's she lived a life. <laughs> so, not Thomas Pynchon. <laughs> not Bronson Pinchot. Yeah. So, not Balky. <laughs> Please, he's um, the guy from Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> but um, yeah, so. Now you get now after all of this, you also now are introduced to Maurice, the inventor. Yeah, um, just a real bonehead. He's invented a wood chopping machine. Sure. That seems to run off of a coffee pot. <laughs> I don't know. He's got this weird like I could. Bill, I'm going to the steampunk convention. Yeah, with he's, this. yeah, he's got like these goggles and like leather hats and everything. Yeah. It's like, it really does come across as like uh, Chrono Trigger. <laughs> if you've ever played Chrono Trigger, like, yeah. Every time I see Maurice's furs now, I'm like, oh man, you need more like ancient gears to like. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, make some armor. Make, yeah, make the guardian armor or something. The guardian armor, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but Maurice also fits into this weird, and I don't know why Disney does it, but look at Maurice in this movie. Look at the Sultan in the next movie. Look at Prince Philip's. I mean, it's like yeah. the, the old fat man with the with the walrus mustache. Yeah, yeah look like Wolf Grimley. Yeah, and and. and, oh, and and they're all shorter than every other character in the movie. Yes. Uh, <laughs> just they're all kind of doddering. Yeah. Boneheads. So. Um, it is a very rare. Uh, they, they changed things up a little bit. It's like we have dads with no moms. As yeah. A, as opposed to like what you usually like. It's, it's just like, you know, oh, there's no dad in the picture or something. Yeah. <laughs> like so. And they do that for the several of these. Uh, Right movies because like Aladdin, Aladdin's the Aladdin's the same way with Jasmine. There's no mother. In There's no mother. <laughs> yeah. Um, then the movie after that is uh you know Disney's Hamlet. So yeah, yeah there's <laughs> a lot going. There's a, there's a lot going on there. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, so yeah, so yeah, he goes off to sell his invention. Some goes goes to goes to yeah some sort of Momocon. Yeah, some convention somewhere, some inventors convention where they're trying to sell. It, it's like it's like what CES essentially. Yeah, yeah. It's he's he's going he's going to pitch his automated uh wolf wood chopping device that to Vegas. He's going to Vegas. He's gonna he's he's got a booth. He's ready to go. I, uh, I'm a, I, there's no way Maurice like remember remembered to like sign up for his vendor's badge. He's just gonna show up. Yeah. And, and like, Can I get a table near the front? Like, no. No, what? No, we've been we've been sold out for six months. <laughs> well, okay, I'll just set up outside. No, man, you can't be on the property. <laughs> it's just Maurice next to Virgil 
Yeah. <laughs> Bruce has got he saw like his wood t- his wood chopping machine and like uh like uh pop sockets with like uh <laughs> with, like branded characters on it. Yeah. yeah Told absolutely bootleg. It's like yeah. like Bart Simpson but like in the blue t shirt from the Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like uh, yeah. Hey Maurice, are these are, are these repro? No, these are real. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't I, have so many copies of Little Samson, Maurice. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't remember Optimus Prime being orange. Yeah. I don't know what's going on here. He's he's got a Bluetooth in and he's on his phone the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're here to pitch our new our new Disney Plus exclusive to Disney right now. Modern, yeah. modern Beauty and the Beast. Modern Maurice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, it's like he's got the Bluetooth headset. I can see it. <laughs> but he still has, but he's still keeping the steampunk aesthetic. Yeah, he's like, yeah. A, he's like got the wood chopping machine there. Yeah. Yeah. Just the super complicated wood chopping machine. He's like, man, we have, like, you could just go to the store and buy yeah. wood now. You don't have to. Yeah, but this does it for you. You still have to chop down the tree in the first place. Yeah. Well, it, it, it kind of reminds me of like, like when we have our county fair here and in the exhibit halls. Yeah. It's always the guy with the headset. Like, listen, yeah. this is what this pan can do. This yeah. pan, look at that, sir. You see it? No sticking. No sticking. Yeah. They'll take and they'll take like steel wool to it and show yeah. you that, it's, that the coating isn't coming off. Or yeah. That's, yeah. that's Maurice. Yeah, definitely. He is selling it's like he's selling that or like gimmicky kids toys that were out of date like 10 years ago it's like no but like you see the tr- these tracks connect to one another so the cars <laughs> can just keep moving forever <laughs> he's got like he's got like, a crt tv hooked up with like a, a sony fun station four yeah <laughs> it's got yeah 999 and one and it's all yeah. It's like it, it, like fifty eight of them are all just like Mario variations. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like no, this one's Mario, but he has moon gravity. <laughs> <laughs> like, please don't try to spray clone on me, Maurice. Get away from me! <laughs> I didn't come to mall for your BS. Yeah. So. So, oh, so hey guys, we don't like Maurice. <laughs> Maurice is a dork, and he deserves a wedgie. <laughs> yeah, he does. Like. You look at him. You like. I want to push him down. Yeah, it's like, it's like, <laughs> where's a locker? He needs to go in there. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, he gets lost in his journey. He gets lost, not the horse. Not the horse. Uh, yeah, Philippe. Is that the horse's name? Philippe. Yeah, Philippe. Uh, yeah, relatively, like within minutes of him leaving, like. They just like it's like a smash cut. And he's lost. Which is, yeah, it's very good. Uh, like, um, like, what'd you do, buddy? It, it's it's there's a road, man. Like, yeah. What did you do? How did you? What what did you do? How? Because How? here's the thing: the horse finds its way back to Bell. So clearly, the yeah. horse has got a good sense of direction. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because well, I as far, like as far as we could tell, they just walked in one direction. So yeah, it's not like you should have gotten lost. It's just you got confused. Is yeah. all like, and clearly everybody knows where the castle is. Yeah, because once, they, like, yeah, once they find out that there's <laughs> that there's the beast is real, yeah, they they they're there and 
really short order. Yeah. Um, so it's also the castle's not that far away. Yeah. It's <laughs> so. like this giant looming spooky castle that nobody goes to. Oh, you mean yeah. that castle? Yes, <laughs> the only castle. Yeah, this castle in what is seemingly not a like uh like monarchy of any sort. Like yeah. <laughs> like I mean we're in yeah, we're in uh France, you know, yeah. but like he's not a prince. No. <laughs> so he just has, he's just very rich and has a castle. <laughs> what the, isn't he a prince in the live action one? I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like here he's, he's like, there's no hint of any sort of Royal bloodline or anything. He's just a rich dude. He's <laughs> overlooking the, he's not overlooking the fiefdom. Yeah. Cause like everyone would know, Oh, you mean the prince's castle whom we haven't yeah. seen in 30 years? Uh, <laughs> it's like or whatever, like fifteen years, because like he was already an adult basically when yeah. he's cursed, and the rose goes to his twenty-first birthday. So he hasn't been cursed for that long, really. Does here's my question though. Okay, so so time advances, but does he biologically age as the beast? Well, he would. I mean, he would have to. I mean. Time is moving. The flower is growing. It has specific rules. Like, I would assume he does. <laughs> so is he, like, in his 30s when he turns human again? No, because it's just... Or is he, he's 21, okay. It's his 21st birthday. That was, like, the caveat. <laughs> but, like, okay, so is he, like, 15 or 16 then, or...? I'm saying. There, there can't be much time has passed yeah. to where everyone has forgotten about the rich guy on the hill. Yeah. <laughs> So it's not but, like some of the other stories where it's like, you know, they've been frozen for a thousand years out there or something. It's yeah. no, it's his twenty-first birthday. There's a caveat. So he was a teenager when this happened, and he's twenty-one now at this point yeah. because the rose ends ends during the plot of this movie. So you know, he tur- his this movie ends on his birthday basically. Yeah. And, 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 why, and why and why twenty-one? Because it, it's a Disney he's movie. Gonna go get, he's going to turn back into human and get friggin' hammered, bro. It's it's France. He could already have wine. So. Yeah, he probably had wine when he was 10. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so... Anyway, semantics. Yeah, my point is, is that there hasn't been a lot of time that could have possibly have traveled, you know, at this point, unless time somehow has been screwed up. But then why have the on your 21st birthday? However, time slows down, so your 21st birthday is 60 years away from now or something. Like, yeah. but, like what's the deal? I don't understand. But well, and again, everyone's, this is... This everyone's is completely forgotten about. Like, It's not like this is two generations away. This is at best a generation away. That, yeah. that this castle, this big castle that's on the outskirts of your little provincial town uh, has been there, and you would have known who was there. Because it's yeah. the rich guy. <laughs> but, well, yeah. I mean, the like this is another thing where the live action movie does a better job of going like, no, she made everybody forget. Yeah, you're like, okay, good. There's yeah. your. Yeah, yeah that's so, fine. Yeah, so yeah, they 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 miss some points that like probably could have been wrapped up, you know, relatively smoothly just by like, oh, and she's gonna curse you to also where the people forget about you too. So. Right. Anyone that did like you in the first place does can't anymore. Yeah, it's because you know 
she made they made them all forget. So you have to start from scratch to make somebody love you. <laughs> and certainly not your servants. So yeah. Um so yeah. Um so yeah, Maurice is lost in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> even though it's the outskirts of town. Yeah. Um and needs to and finds the castle and goes in there to try to as the horse uh gets uh, spooked away, you know, a lot of stuff happens. It gets you know scared off and there's fire by the wolves that play a role later on in the movie and then like yeah starts a fire it scares the horse and the horse just runs off it Mm -hmm. back home um so it takes the horse i don't know how long it took the horse but took only about seems like a day to get back home (laughs) it's probably like it's probably like maybe 10 miles on the road but philippe's like you know what i'm gonna get paid Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got to have this Gaston plot play out first. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so he finds the castle and goes in there, um, looking for help, shelter, shelter, whatever he can get. Um, (laughs) Greedy old fart. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's in in a lot of the other adaptions and stuff. That's sort of how it's played out, where he really is just a greedy old fart who just comes in and is just like, oh. Wow, there's food and stuff here. I'm gonna start. Uh, just, gonna, yeah. just gonna dig in. Uh, but uh, but like the the entourage in here does not hide themselves at all. Nope. Out the gate, they're just like, "Hey, how's it going?" <laughs> well, I think it's Chip who who first. Yeah. Like, because the uh, Maurice's mustache tickles him. Yeah. Yeah. No, because, uh, no, because, because you hear Gaston and Cogger talk, or, or uh, yeah, Lumiere like, and Cogger talking. Like, yeah, like, yeah, and, and, and he's yelling, and like Cogsworth is yelling, like, no, don't give him anything, and all that stuff. So yeah, but yeah, just they, yeah, they don't try to hide it at all, and wow. and he he doesn't seem too perturbed about it, like a little bit. It's surprising. Yeah, but uh. He only really gets freaked out when uh, the wolf man attacks him, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like, no, no, no. This, 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 this talking ottoman, perfectly fine. Yeah. But, oh, God, Larry Talbot's coming down the stairs. Now yeah. I'm freaked out. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so, so the beast is just losing his mind. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and, Which, by the way, is a rational reaction. Yeah, and uh, and then just, just, yes, just gets furious and takes Maurice and locks him up in his dungeon. Yeah, I mean it's again, a castle. It again, it's a reason castle. there's a dungeon. It has yeah. a dungeon. It's not a. Again, we have no proof that this is any sort of like princely castle so or, or like any sort of monarchy style castle so it having a dungeon means he was the bad dude because yeah. <laughs> again you would have a dungeon in a castle where it's where all of the politics is going down yeah uh, if well you just, i mean if you just have a castle as your home <laughs> 
here's the thing. Like, I, I assume like castles and dungeons are like like when you buy a modern car now, and you're like, oh, cool, it's got Apple like Apple CarPlay. Like, that's standard, man. <laughs> Can't be impressed by Apple CarPlay. <laughs> so it's just just no matter what, like it's like you bought your castle out of the Sears catalog, and it's yeah. just like it's forty two bedrooms, six baths, a dungeon, and a watchtower. Like, oh, does it have a does it have a moat? Nah, you know the, the moat is optional. We don't need. <laughs> he's like talking to the his stuff. Like, do we need a moat? We don't need a moat, right? No, because we're gonna we're gonna build it on a mountain, so yeah. it'd be hard to do the whole. And I got a Rhodes Garden thing. idea I want to do, yeah. and it's like yeah. this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like I, I'm, I'm really thinking hedge maze. We're not doing a hedge maze, sir. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so I, want, yeah. I want a hedge maze with yeah. some animals that come to life. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, Maurice gets uh, locked up. Uh, we go yeah. back. We go back to the small little town, uh, and now we've got uh, Gaston's plot to marry Belle, um, yeah. which is an absolute terrible plot uh, <laughs> because it really just—it's just him setting up a wedding outside. Yeah. And trying to trick her outside to marry him, like, <laughs> like, it, I don't know in what universe you think this is going to work, but he's so arrogant that yeah. he thinks the, like as long as if I, it's, it's as if he's thinking like it's like reverse vampire rules, like I, I hate like invite her outside and you legally have to marry me now. You're at you a wedding. You have to marry me. Remember the wedding. <laughs> yeah. Come on, babe. This is, we I got this on Snapchat. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, like Gaston's totally like a guy who would do a promposal. Yeah, he's yeah. He, he, he's the guy that on um, <laughs> timestamp the episode that the yeah. guy on Twitter that uh, posted the video of him and his wife on a hike as she falls down the cliff, yeah. <laughs> like like and then interviews her afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> like that's yeah that's what Gaston would do. He would like he he would be freaking out, but also at the same time like. I, I got to get the views, man. I got to yeah. get those. I got to get those likes. <laughs> JJ. So when this movie came out, Gaston physically reminds me of a character. Yeah. From another piece of media that I loved very much. Okay. And that game was called Punch Out. And if you look <laughs> at Super Macho Man, and Gaston. Yeah. 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 What? What? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. Like. Punch Out was eighty nine. Uh, was 87? well, eighty seven. Eighty seven, and I think eight. Yeah, I think eighty nine would have been the probably the re release or something. Yeah, eighty seven was Tyson's Punch Out. Then even before that was like the arcade Punch Out. So yeah, so yeah, one hundred percent. You're, you're, you're not. You're, yeah, you're not too far away from where they could have had some inspiration. Yeah, <laughs> this, I mean, is 90, this, like, this is ninety one, which means this movie was in production for you know at least a year. So, so uh, I'm telling you, next time you play Punch Out, you can't unsee it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, anyways, I did, I did like the weird peephole invention. And, yeah, uh, that like that because it worked. It was just yeah. a peris- it was just like a periscope, but it, it worked. Like, yeah. it, and it didn't like do something wacky, like you know. <laughs> explode when he like when the door shut or something you know it it just worked so, <laughs> didn't shoot steam out 
Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, Gaston's trying to woo her and trying to convince her to marry her. It's like, like, it's like, you know, this is, this is your dream come true. <laughs> and then he convinces the whole town, like, yeah, now she's going to go for it, you guys. And they're like, okay. Yeah. We've got nothing yeah. else going on except for the plague. Let's do this. Yeah, cool. This is like uh, we got. We don't got much else to live for. This is about just so we're. Guys, this is what we got. I like the in the uh, opening song with Belle. You have that incredibly frazzled mom with the kids yelling, "I need six eggs." And yeah. That's uh, just. I, lo- I, I don't know. I don't know. I always see her. It's like she looks absolutely defeated. <laughs> just crying about needing six eggs. Yeah, but I think I think that's a meme now with moms. <laughs> like my cousin who has like five kids, like that. Like I relate to her. Like okay, yeah. <laughs> at some point you had a part to play in that, hon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, so yeah, so but she just embarrasses Gaston after all this, like opens the door and he falls out into the mud pit that I guess is right outside that door. <laughs> yeah. Just happens to be there. Just happens to be there with LeFou on the bank of this mud pit. Uh, yeah. Priming the band. Um, and that's it, when, and that's when the switch flips for Gaston where it stops being about this sort of lustful, I got to get her and more into a, well, now I have to actually like to save my, uh, to save face here, I have to get her. I have a rep to protect. Yeah. Um, and so you get... Uh, um, and so then you shortly thereafter get the horse fleet returning without Dad. And Belle obviously freaking out about this. And... But why, though? <laughs> <laughs> Look, she's very clearly um, easily affected by Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the horse knows exactly how to get back there. Uh, so there isn't any, there is no, uh, like, her journey out to the castle for the first time. It's yeah. just, and then, like, star wipe, there she is. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, so, uh, you know, she finds her dad and Beast is like, oh, great. Now there's two of you. <laughs> like, like, you people just leave me alone. <laughs> he's, by the way, he's been in this, this digit for like, what, a, maybe half a day or he's already like, <laughs> Yeah, he's yeah, he's knocking on heaven's door, and yeah. he's been there for yeah. As far as we can tell, very little time has passed. <laughs> like you've been here for forty five minutes. How do you have pneumonia already? <laughs> it's like I I, re- I realize that it's probably not the cleanest part. I mean, it is a castle with a giant wolf man roaming about, and sure, like I can't imagine very much else going. Like I, yeah, okay, the feather duster is alive. Yeah, <laughs> but, but she can only do so much. Only do so much. Yeah. Um, I, can't, I can't imagine those chamber pots when you're a giant wolf man are that easy to handle. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I just think so, he just throws it out the window. I, 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 he probably just lets himself out like a dog. I, I think. I, I um, mean, 
why do you think the rose garden is so like <laughs> blooming? It's yeah. just a gorgeous garden. That's yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so this is where they make the deal. I've ruined the movie for myself. <laughs> That's all you're going to think of. So right? I'm thinking of like the, <laughs> the something there song in Belgium outside the you know, maybe. And she looks over and he just, he just hunkered down in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> Don't look at me while I'm making. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's just her trying to nonchalantly ignore it, but can't. <laughs> <laughs> I just hear the sound of like him covering it with dirt. <laughs> like, yeah, when your dog kicks up some dirt. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> this is a <laughs> Oh, we ruined this movie. For it. it was going to be high up on the list. But it no, now it's higher. Um. Anyway. Anyway, they they make the swap here. It's yeah. She, she agrees to stay behind while Maurice gets to go free. Um. So and so he's like, all right. <laughs> so it's like whatever. Maurice doesn't put up a, a big fight. No, Maurice is like, what? No. All right. See ya. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so. Take my spinstery daughter, I guess. Yeah. So. Um, so. <laughs> it's like, and, and in like, I forget. It was like in some of the other versions and stuff. It's like she has sisters. And like. Huh. And it is like you could take my most beautiful daughter or something like in some yeah. instances. And stuff. I was like, hmm, uh, Maurice, yeah. you're a creep. Uh, you're a dirtbag, Maurice. But anyway, so now Belle, this is where we uh, uh, just her acclimating herself to the surroundings. Yeah. Um, uh, this is for Gaston's trying to give, or sorry, again, I keep calling him Gaston Lumiere. Yeah. Tries to give the beach beast etiquette lessons. Yeah. So like she's the one, man, because yeah. she's literally the only one. She's the only she's the only one that's been able to look at you for more than four minutes and not just go screaming back into the woods. Yeah. So let's try let's try to make this work. Uh, it's our one shot. Literally, it's our one shot. Your birthday, your twenty first birthday is in a few weeks here. Uh, or a few days. I don't know. Again, passage of time have no uh, like foothold as to where, where we where we're at. Uh, <laughs> Christmas and, Christmas happens at some point. That much we yeah. know. <laughs> um, well, and also, this this has like one of my favorite parts of the movie, where it's like he's just like like he's inviting her to go have dinner with him. Like you know, Lumiere's like, yeah, you know, be gentle, and she's like, no, thank you. And he's like, Dead starve, <laughs> and. I, as a as a parent, when my kids don't want to eat, boy, I feel it. Yeah, and she will starve. She doesn't eat I, with me. She doesn't eat at all. I, I love the scene where she's invited to dinner and she's agreed to come, or was like, "No, you will come down at one p.m." And, then, and he's pacing back and forth in front of the fire on all fours, like a dog. Yeah. Like throughout the rest of the movie, he's on his hind legs this entire time. Yeah. This one time where he's like anxious and he's like pacing back and forth like a dog. It's yeah. it's a funny visual. And I like he spins in circles and lays down. Yeah. 
he fluffs the ottoman that's barking. Yeah. <laughs> he he does biscuits on it. <laughs> but uh, um, I always I, I'm jumbling things up because I know like we're, we're going to have the um, she's wandering around and finds the West Wing that she's not supposed to be going into. Yeah, Aaron Sorkin's the West Wing. Yeah, so it's like yeah. well, this is, no thanks. And it's just, but it's the late era's President John Goodman. Yeah. Uh, then, She's like, uh, Rob Lowe has some stuff I don't agree with. Yeah. Getting out of here. Um, but so, you know, you would get the Be Our Guest song. Yeah. It's like, it's, hey. it's, funny because, like, it's not the biggest song from this movie, but it's still bigger than most songs in yeah. other movies. Like, you know, the Beauty and the Beast song is like the, the e-ticket song. Yeah. <laughs> And this is like the A ticket song, but it's it's hard to argue with any songs in this movie being like some of the best Disney songs ever. Yeah, because the the Bell intro song's great, Beauty and the Beast is great, um, the Gaston song is super fun. Yeah, um, and Be Our Guest, Be Our Guest is probably the like iconic. I don't even want to say iconic because man, that Beauty and the Beast song like really permeated pop culture in a different way. Did uh, I, I didn't ask you? Did you did you see Filler Magic? Yes, yes. So you saw the Donald Duck thing with the beer. It was kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. yeah Mickey Filler Her Magic at used to be just at Disney World, I think Tokyo or one of those Hong Kong or one of the other ones. Just opened up at California Adventure, and it's got three D experience with Donald Duck. Yeah, it's a three D Donald Duck Fantasia using. It pre-existing Disney songs, so it's got um, the Little Mermaid um, part of your world. Be our uh, guest. Be our guest. Uh, 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 I just can't wait to be king. And whole new world. Whole new world. Yeah, it's great. It's, yeah, and, and so this is in there, and Donald's like, yeah, enjoying the trying to enjoy the food while this is all going on. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, yeah, the Be Our Guest song's great, and it's got a lot of flair to yes. it. Um, and there's a parody that JJ and I love. See, see my vest. Uh, yes. <laughs> from The Simpsons. Uh, <laughs> Which we referenced back in the 101 Dalmatians episode of you. Yes, so uh, it's more fitting here than that one, so even though yeah. the episode is, this, the song is very much... Um, I do like it when Bart starts singing. Like, ah. mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Made of real gorilla chest. Yeah. Like my loafers, former gophers. Beret <laughs> <laughs> um, of poodle on my noodle. I just remember everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a great song. Um, it holds up pretty well in the live action one. Yeah. Uh, it's the problem that you'll have because I talk about it when we next week a little more in depth. But, you know, I just saw Lad yesterday. When record as of recording, um, and it's fine. Uh, I think it's better than what most of the reviews you'll see are, but it has its problems, and I think a lot of that is it loses some of its flair mm-hmm. um, by not being animated. Um, like I think the Be Our Guest song holds up really well in Beauty and the Beast live action. Yeah, unlike um, the Prince Ali song uh, in the live action Aladdin loses something by not being animated uh, because it, it's 
it doesn't have the genie being as like animated. <laughs> it's like, swapping bodies. And... Like there is a moment where he does, but it's a very simple one where it's just him dressed as a woman. Yeah. But that's sort of the extent of it. It's not him pretending, turning into kids and other cats, you know, or town members and turning stuff. into the Rose Parade people. Yeah. But, um, but, but like, so it loses some of that. It loses some of its heart and core um, that way. But like, I like, but I think it it translated well in the live action. Yeah, I mean, I mean they ha- there's a similarity, heavy CG work. Yeah, and I think it's really impressive in this movie. Like watching, like you think, put yourself in that 1990, you know, yeah. 91 headspace. Yeah, this is an impressive look. I mean, just I mean, just coming off of the Rescuers Down Under, which would have been the previous movie. Yeah, like it's night and day. Oh yeah. Like you know, and even Down from Under, even from Little Mermaid, it's not. Yeah, and Rescuers Down Under wasn't some sort of like cheap fare. I mean, that was a fully digital movie with CG and everything. Mm-hmm. And like, but like you know, it, 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 this movie though looks like an achievement. Um, so like the the sort of digital effects and stuff you get with this, particularly with the be our guest scene, with a lot of like the synchronized nonsense that's going on and like the like highly choreographed dance routine stuff that's going on like really benefited from a like this digital future we're living in now yeah because think about how hard that would have been with your with a very like you know 50 years ago with a much more traditional hand-drawn if they had if they had done it when walt originally thought about it yeah if it was going to be like you know they they were thinking about running the thinking about this movie after Snow White and the Seven Dwarves was a success, which tells you anything. Like, this movie would have suffered. It, like, it, it, it would have been a completely different movie. Like, yeah. 100%. I, I don't even think it would have been a musical. Um, because, I, I mean, we think of music with Disney stuff, but old Disney movies weren't musicals. They just had no. music. Um, they it wasn't until really, the modern era that they were really musical. Yeah, it wasn't until we're at this point now. Yeah. Where, like, uh, Little Mermaid was a musical. This yep. is absolutely a musical. Aladdin's a musical. Lion King is a musical. Um, Hercules know. is a musical. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, but like the other ones, it was just like, there was a song, you know, it was, whether it be When You Wish Upon a Star, which just Jiminy Cricket just doing a thing or something. Or Hi-Ho or, or yeah. Sunday uh, My Pretzel Cub, whatever. Yeah. 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 It was, yeah. And, and a lot of them are Fantasia is a musical, though. <laughs> That's what it's actually a musical. Yeah. But like, but it's more of a concert. Like that was like, it was a concert yeah. feature. So it's like, it's not even really a musical where it's just, it's just, it's just a musical performance from start to finish. Like you want to go to see a Bruce Springsteen concert and say, I'm going to go to the musicals tonight. You know, it's yeah. like, I saw a musical last night. Sorry. <laughs> it's called dance in the dark. It's showing at the, uh, <laughs> uh off Broadway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I did see a trailer for it. Um, Bruce Springsteen-based um, musical coming soon to theaters. So. I, I, w- I would probably go see that. That's 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 why that's on my mind. Uh, yeah. Talk about it later. Um, but um, so yeah, so then you but show you know you go through all this you know she goes in the West Wing she finds the Rose Beast loses his mind. Yeah, um, I feel like it's a bad spell if you can just accidentally make it just go live. Yeah. Like, 
It's like the rose will on your twenty first birthday when the last petal falls, that's it. Or if some jackass wanders into here and just starts shaking the rose, uh, that accounts too. <laughs> well, I mean, also at the same time, maybe maybe her touching it wouldn't do anything. He's just so paranoid about the rose. Yeah. yeah. He's like, don't touch my rose. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't touch my death rose. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, she has no idea what the hell is up with this rose. He scares the crap out of her. Um, yeah. She goes bolting into the woods and oh, there's those wolves again. There's, there's those wolves. wolves. That's uh, a, the most difficult part of the Genesis game. <laughs> God, I hate that wolf level. <laughs> but yeah, Beast saves the day and gets big old nasty wound mm-hmm. on his arm. Uh, it's a very fun scene of her trying to like put iodine or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, or whatever modern medicine they have back then. Yeah, whatever the rubbing like, alcohol. She's like, I'm gonna crush some herbs into it. Yeah, that's it's cool. Like, it it hurts. It's like, well, if you stopped moving, yeah, <laughs> you get for saving my life, you moron. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that, that so like this is where they sort of connect finally. Like, all right, they listen. become friends here. Yeah, they're like, all right, listen. We're both in a bad place here. <laughs> Where you you seem like there's some there's actually some like, like something going on under there. And it's almost like there's something there that wasn't there before. Yeah, and so uh, transition to <laughs> transition to uh, pouting Gaston. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, Ben's just a big old stick in the mud because. Bell just won't immediately <laughs> marry him on yeah. the spot. Suddenly, shotgun Wendy almost like. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is where you have Fu and everyone cheering him up with the hit Gaston song, um, which, which wow, Jinxer, yeah, <laughs> um, it, it, they they went for it with this song. I, I'm, I'm going to say it, JJ. I like yeah. the live action version of this. I better. I think the live action one. It, it, it I think it. I think the singing is more enjoyable in the live action one. Yeah. And Luke I think, Evans can hold it too, man. Yeah. Um. Uh. I think Josh Gad is a good. Oh yeah. Oh he, yeah. He, he nails it. And yeah. I I feel like the song feels bigger in this live action version yeah um like it's still a great song here oh yeah it's like i like this song is like the one that as a kid stuck with me um because of how silly it is well we're Um, also in the period now where the villains are getting really good songs like yeah we had poor unfortunate souls and we have this one then we have you know uh we have jafar's version of prince ali then we have be prepared so there's a lot of fun villain songs yeah um so yeah you get you get some that, where, this is where the villains are becoming more than just like uh, uh like a like induction system for evil like it's yeah. not it's like they're, they're, there's actually a character there these yeah. days even though it's, it's relative even though you know gaston is a relatively two-dimensional villainy character. He's, he's a uh, dumb jock. He's a dumb jock, but that's more than you can say for a lot of early Disney villains. Yeah. Or just like, what is it? She's a witch. And so she's just by default evil. So You didn't I, invite me to her birthday party. 
spindles. Yeah. yeah. If like, like having Gaston being just a misogynistic jerk. Yeah. Like, especially in this time frame, and given like what he, who he is, that makes sense. So, you know. We, um, do you know what? Do you know what's funny though about like how he is such a misogynist? Yeah. When you go to when you go to the parks, and they have the the, the cast member as Gaston, mm-hmm. the bridal parties because there's always bridal yeah. parties. Yeah. They freaking gravitate toward Gaston. Oh yeah. Gaston. Like really, girls? Really? Well, like, okay. Because, yeah. like, because intentionally in every version of it, he is drawn or cast, whether it be in the park or live action movie, as an incredibly, incredibly handsome man. Um, and, and, and the cast member who does it is really, usually pretty good about like yeah. hamming it up. Yeah, he like every time I've seen a Gaston, it's like he really is good at he he's really they're always really good at walking the fine line of being charming and a jerk. Yeah, like, because because he's not because they don't want him to be a jerk. They just want him to be conceited. Yeah, um, which by default makes you a jerk because you care more about yourself than the people take. Yeah. Like, like you you say something and he's like, you know, it's the whole like I like the Han Solo I know kind of stuff. Yeah, like because you can't be you can't be the misogynistic jerk in the park because no, that won't work for the for the Disney way. I, I think we've all seen that video where like somebody like challenges him to a push-up contest or something yeah. like that, and yeah. he does it. And he gets that. Yeah, yeah let's do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, they, you know, they they hire a thick, muscular man like yeah. to be Gaston. Like it's the only way you can pull that off. It's just like how when they cast Peter Pan, it's you know they they cast a slightly you know smaller, more effeminate-looking man. Yeah, Peter Pan or like a younger yeah. Um, you know they they do really good job. There was when we were down at Disneyland a couple weeks ago um, on Twitter, people were freaking out because they thought Johnny Depp was in the park as um, Jack Sparrow, right? Because he does that. And it was yeah. around the time he usually does that. But then it was just like everyone was like, "No, that's just the character. They, they yeah. just, he just looks exactly like Johnny Depp yeah. like, when he's in makeup. Like they just cast them incredibly well for the most part. For the most part, the only one I saw down there that I was like, "Huh, the guy who played Hawkeye was just some dude." <laughs> yeah, just very boring. The, the the guy that played Cap Cap is okay. Yeah, he's got a, He gets to wear a helmet, so yeah. he gets to hide that a little bit. The kid, the kid that they have in the Spider Man costume. He's incredibly good. Like you never yeah. see him, but his voice sounds exactly like Tom Holland's. Yeah. And for all I know, it was. I mean, it, could have been Tom Holland. It could have been Tom Holland. And JJ Tom also. JJ were also like trying to fight Captain Marvel because we love Captain Marvel. But a, she, the, the the girl who plays her is cute. <laughs> <laughs> She's super cute. Yeah. They, yeah. Um. It, 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 people are like, it's it, it's adorable because, um you could tell that she really struck a chord with uh, girls, little girls. Yeah. Because you see them in costume there and you see, oh, yeah. and you, it, see it was, big, you see big lines at her and stuff too. The guy, that it, they have, it, the guy that they have playing Loki is incredibly good. At, like the costume is better than any of the other costumes in the park. And he looks <laughs> like Hiddleston. So, <laughs> I, I wish I'd seen the Loki. Yeah. 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 I was impressed with him. Um, yeah, they, they do a good job at casting that stuff. So, for anyway, the, the Gaston part. song. 
yeah, the Gaston song, great. Um, and then this is where Maurice is like, ah, <laughs> everyone burst in, flailing his arms like a yeah, yeah. one of those guys that's the most flammable things that must have a car dealership. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he's just like, oh my god, my bell was kidnapped by a beast, and everyone's making fun of him and everything. Crazy uh, old Maurice. Yeah, everyone already thinks he's crazy, and then he's in there yelling, uh, ranting and raving about a monster in the woods that kidnapped his daughter. Um, but uh, um, yeah, so he's he is unable to. Uh, convince them that this is what happened. Um, Gee, I wonder why. Yeah, I do like Gaston's play after this, though, because it really is like evil. Where he goes to the the warden of the asylum and basically bribes him to commit Maurice because yeah. of the story. Um, <laughs> the warden, uh, voiced by uh, Tony J, who yeah. who's, who does a lot, who's done a lot of Disney. Yeah, yeah. I just like. <laughs> Uh, you know, it, it comes across as a like, you know, Belle won't marry me, so I'm gonna have her dad committed. To be fair, um, in a universe where this doesn't exist, a man ranting and raving about his daughter being kidnapped by a giant wolf man probably should be looked into. Um, yeah. You should at least get him somewhere asylum adjacent or something yeah. that's have a doctor look at him because that's not right you know we know that the beast is real he knows right. the beast is real but in this you know at, at the at this point in history nobody knows that magic is real and has created this and to be fair maurice has a track record with the of villagers being, of yeah, just being like, yeah, yeah they already think they already think he's a kook and now he's like ranting and raving in a local bar about yeah. what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> that, when you break it down that way, ranting and raving local, eh, it's government spying on us. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, he's a step away from yelling about chemtrails. Yeah, um, like he's not saying that, it's aliens. What is, what's an airplane? What are you talking about, Marie? <laughs> yeah, Merlin told me who's Merlin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Sorry, Marvin. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so you have so you have this. Um, next, you get back to the castle, and they're really hitting it off these days. <laughs> again, they've, not they've moved not, on from the friend zone. Yeah, not again. Absolutely unsure is how much time has passed. Yep, uh, seems like enough to where they are having a really really romantic night. Uh, with with their own original song and everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the rest of the castle looks like garbage, but this ballroom is immaculate. Immaculate, and yeah, they've got they, you know, Beast is being tailored up to have a nice coat, and uh, you know, getting a makeover for his thing, and Belle's getting her iconic dress for it. Yeah, and the Beauty and the Beast song, which is like the song. This is the. Yeah. This is the main song. This is the main event. <laughs> Some would call it a monster hit. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Angela Lansbury version, though. Yes. Not the, uh, uh, the people Price and Celine. Yeah. The other yeah. It's yeah. This is the movie version, not the soundtrack version. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, still great. And still great. Angela Lansbury doing 
great job on singing it's, the song. Uh, it, it, and, and it's fun to think about how she, like, at this point, it'd be like, what, 30 years since she did a Disney film? Yeah. Yeah. 30, maybe 30 something odd years since Bed Dobbs and Broomsticks. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they have this really nice moment together and, like, clearly falling for one another. Um, Beast gives her the magic mirror. Yeah. Uh, that lets her see her father whenever she wants to. Except, like, the one time she's like, okay, well, here, oh, my father's dying. Yeah. <laughs> and and is about to be locked up for being a crazy loon. Um, <laughs> so Beast is like, go to him. Yeah. Just but keep the mirror so you can remember me kind of thing. Um, remember me. <laughs> wrong, wrong movie. We'll get to that okay. one. Wait, no, we won't get to that. Yeah, it's one. a Pixar film. We yeah. know we won't. You won't. Well, I will I sneak. Mean, I will sneak. Hook it. Eh, not in this it's not, installment of the show. Yeah, not in this season. Um, yeah. Who knows what the future holds? Um, I, I intentionally want to keep away from certain things for, from annexes because, like, it'd be it'd be fun to do a Toy Story one, especially with the fourth one coming out. But at the yep. same time, like, there's enough meat in the Toy Story bones to just do a whole like run of this. As of Pixar movies, um, yeah. So, so like I, I, I'm being a little more picky and choosy about things. Like I think like we could we could have done a Who Framed Roger Rabbit episode. Probably should. Like it doesn't really fit in anywhere else. Who says we won't? Yeah, you know. So there's some, there's some things, but you know, yeah. We'll get to some other stuff later. Um. So yeah, so she's going back into town to find her dad. Um. And this is where the village now finds out that the beast is real because she shows them in the mirror. Like, look, it's a real thing. This is the thing that happened. Don't know why she would do that. I, yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, you know what's going to happen. Like, yeah. If, if you just let Maurice sort of chill out now that you're back, he could probably get uncommitted at some point. Yeah. <laughs> or they but... could release him into your care or something now that you're back. But instead, you know full well that this is going to cause an issue, and it yeah. does. <laughs> and we get another great song here. Yes, you get another oh, great song. The mirror of just spewing ectoplasmic energy as yeah. yeah, what a weird like it's never shown any um like like outward magical abilities other than maybe, a maybe because it's him holding it. It's it's now being his evil energy is making yeah. her. It's so, like a it's a power ring. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, he he turns it into a giant sledgehammer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but so yeah, so now um, uh, we get kill the beast. Yeah, we get to kill the beast because at this point, like Gaston, like oh, you've fallen in love with him. Yeah. So. Now I'm jealous, and I'm going to kill this thing. This, I'm already a hunter. I, I'm not going to lie to you. Kill the Beast is like low key one of my favorite Disney songs. It's just crazy. because it's so like his little like where he's just yeah. getting them wound up. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's like it, yeah, it's like a campaign trail speech. You know? Oh like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh yeah. It's just really is him just riling up the crowd to go kill Frankenstein's monster. I mean, yep. the beast. 
uh, torches in hand. Charging yeah, the castle. it is. It is absolutely that. <laughs> yeah. Um, pitch, yeah pitch, pitchforks and torches, like marching towards the castle. I, I did like the uh, little touch in the live action version where LeFou is like, yeah, there's a monster. It's not to be so. Yeah. 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 Um, so, um, was, yeah. So they're off and then like they're locked up so they can't do anything about it. <laughs> they get, they get, um, but Surprise. Chip helps me out because Chip snuck in with them. Chip stood away in Bell's satchel. Yeah, her. Yeah, her. Yeah, her messenger bag. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. her, her overnight bag as she was in the walk of shame away from the the castle. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, um, what? <laughs> um, and uh, so like so yeah, they get free and then they have to go back to the castle. Um, again, this is another one of those things. Again, don't know how much time has passed, and clearly the castle isn't that far away. No. <laughs> Um, it's if they can get there in a night. Yeah. So again, I have no idea why they don't know that castle's there. Yeah. Why nobody's ever thought about looking at it. Like it's a prime piece of real estate out there. You think Gaston, with all of his arrogance, would want to try to claim that property as himself if they just assume yeah. it's an empty castle? Is <laughs> well, here's my question: Is does this take place the same night as their as their dance, or is I this like maybe again, the next evening? It, it is it is it is assumed that he gives her the mirror the same night as the dance, and yeah. she sees her dad the same night as the dance, and so she runs off. So I don't know how long it takes her to get back there, but again, it can't be that long because no. they make it back to the castle in a single night. Right. Like everyone's marching to the castle with their torches in hand, so obviously it's not that far away. So obviously no. the curse extends more than what the. Uh, stained glass story wants to tell you. Yeah. Like, but you know, it's just one of those stupid little things. Like, you can't, you can't get too concerned about it because it's a cartoon. I mean, yeah. like, at the end of the day, um, so what? This is, the re- this, this is the reason it didn't win the Oscar, JJ. Yeah. That one um, thing, like, oh yes. <laughs> yeah. So you get, um, so yeah, they they're going to the castle, and it's just like, yeah, it's just a big battle scene at this castle. It's pretty good. Uh, it's a yeah. pretty good battle scene. Like, like the, uh, all the all the all the all of the all of the stuff alive in the castle fighting yeah. back against these villagers. And... When, when my when I was watching a few days ago with my son and he's watching this and he goes, "Dad, the things are going to destroy the people." Like, yep, the things are going to destroy the people. Yeah, because they are the things. They are the things. Yeah. Yeah. Not the thing. It's not like Wilford Brimley locked into a shed somewhere. Nope. Wow. Well, <laughs> uh, it's not the furry guy that I yeah, listen yeah. to. Pray. Um, <laughs> and it's not Ben Grimm, so. No. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so, yeah, just a battle scene at the castle. Gaston, it's finally get the um, uh, Gaston Beast showdown where he, like, Beast has just given up, like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Like, they've yeah. Go this ahead. Our star, yeah. This is our Star K ninety seven moment. Yeah. You've been go milking ahead. it, brother. Yeah. Go, just go ahead, just shoot me. And then he shoots him and then he like he, he reacts like, Oh my god, you shot me. <laughs> you shot me. <laughs> How could you shoot me? Yeah. <laughs> they have a bow and arrow, either you dummy. 
he's looking at a bow and arrow aimed at you. You turn to him and you're just like, yeah, whatever. But he won't. He ain't gonna do it though. Yeah, it's. Oh it's my the, god, he did it! Yeah, it's that old. What are you gonna do? Stab me? Says stabbing victim. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah I which, can't believe he ate my face. Says. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but then like Gaston stabs beasts anyways. Like, like yeah, gets a knife out and stabs him. <laughs> and um, because Beast got the upper hand on Gaston, but like didn't kill him. Yeah, which is a very Beast like, shows mercy. Yeah, which you know ended up getting him almost killed again, or basically yeah. did get him killed. I mean, yeah, he stabs him and he he dies. I mean, the Beast he dies, does that, but um, <laughs> but then um, Gaston losing his footing and falling to his grisly death. Yeah, um, yeah, he just Bucky Barnes is off the side of that castle. Yeah, assuming he's gonna fall on one of those spires or something. Like it's uh yeah, not a not a good way to go for Gaston. He goes out like yeah. a chump. Yeah. Um, and I, so, I mean, I know everybody. You watch it, you want to see the beast maul him to death, but eh. yeah. yeah, I think it's better that Gaston Gaston's hubris got him killed. Yeah. Um, overconfidence like you won but like you know like you know you were defeated like you could have just accepted it but you couldn't and your hubris to get your one last shot in cost you your life um and and you know the beast dies and bell's crying and is you know whoops you know admits her love for him um and she fixes and cures it like there's the curse is gone. Like you get the magical bippity boppity boo. <laughs> you have light shooting out of his toes somehow. Yeah, it's a weird transformation scene. It's like uh, I, I know you've never seen Doctor Who, but it's very like when the Rege- Doctor regenerates. Regeneration scene. Yeah. yeah, I don't like that. It's I don't know something about it starting on his foot is somehow upsetting, and I don't know like because yeah. it's, it's a weird animation to go from like. <laughs> to foot and like yeah. this really low flesh. Listen, like yeah. I know the knife wound was bad, but he had some really gnarly hammer toe. <laughs> yeah. So I had to take care of that first. Yeah, so yeah, you get the uh um so you get the the curses undone or you just get the yeah. happy like hooray slowly show everything returning back to normal, introducing all the characters in their human forms and how they kind of look like <laughs> the things They're, that they got turned into. Yeah, and and now the sun's out for the first time. Yeah, really. yeah. Since yeah, um, I always do think it was funny where it was like the feather duster, like, like that, that was perverted, like at times because it was like you know rubbing the feather duster on like faces and stuff. Like that's your thread. Yeah. Like you're shoving his head up your chest. <laughs> Hey man, the King yeah. Shimmer. Yeah, but then like later on, like when they reintroduce her, and she just has a feather duster. She just <laughs> happens to be like a French maid. Yeah, um, with the exact same feather duster that her dress was, basically. Like, all right. And the Codsworth is dressed like a. Yeah, I mean, again, once this curse is broken and everything, it's like this is clearly some sort of monarchy. Yeah. How does nobody remember any of this? Like, clearly the curse wiped every like, like in the live action one. Clearly the curse wiped everyone's memory. 
Yeah. Um, and now it's like restored. Yeah. Because like he's a prince now. Like he's actually a prince. But, yeah. Like of what? We still have zero idea. Yeah, <laughs> I'm cured. I'm a human again. Now time to go like bird villages and still demand taxes and tribute. <laughs> yeah. So. So yeah, you get the and it ends with another stained glass. Yeah. They lived happily ever after. And the reprise of Beauty and the Beast. Beast. Yeah. Cut two credits worth the iconic song. Uh, Will Smith rap over the credits. Of, yeah, there you of go. Beauty yeah. and the Beast. It was it was weird because it was nineteen ninety one. Yeah, it's weird. Well, he, you know, he was doing Nightmare on My Street here. Yeah, so you know, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's not really a Disney thing yet. I don't know why. All right, whatever. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but, so. No, Gina Beast, the uh, Celine Dion, Peebo Bryson duet. I think this is. That's asked me why, because she's a bigger Celine Dion fan than I am, obviously. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, no, she'd already kind of established her cure by this point. Yeah. But this is like her big, big, like. You know, she was in her early twenties when she did this. Yeah, this song so, is uh, a soft rock staple. Or yes, sorry, easy yeah. listening station safe uh, staple. You and you and wedding staple. Like you hear yeah. it frequently at weddings um, because you, no matter what, you still also always have to make fun of the husband. Yeah, <laughs> like the <laughs> dumb husband doesn't know load dishwasher. Yeah, just, there's suds everywhere. Oh, yeah, it's like, yeah, the kids still die with the dad in charge. Yeah. <laughs> also, he's a gross beast man. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did like the uh, the little thing uh, in the live action version where uh, he and Bell are dancing, and Emma Watson goes like, hey, "Are you talking about growing a beard?" <laughs> yeah, like like uh, it's a little like it's like him being a normal human being is super off putting to her now. <laughs> yeah, just like yeah. Man. I do like that the live action, like not the live action, the the human beast, not a particularly handsome man. <laughs> he looks like one of the Von Erics, JJ. Yeah, <laughs> like Gaston is a much better looking man. Yeah, like you think, like, think they would have? You think they would have made him like at like as a like? I don't know. Make him look like Gaston, but olive skinned or I don't know something. Yeah. But no, it's just like do mm. a palette swap. Yeah, yeah, just like he's player two Gaston. Yeah, um, but no, he. But no, he's just kind of a homely looking dude for the most part. Like I have no word. Like I like I have no reason to talk, but you know it's yeah like, by it's Disney a, standards. By Disney standards, like yeah, he's like for a prince. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's very yeah, like he's not, he, bells out of his league. Put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, the beast. Him, the, the, the design of the beast. Uh, uh, he's got the body of a bear, like his arms um, and body are a bear. Mm-hmm. They gave him the ears of a deer. Um, they gave him sort of the brow of a gorilla. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, his sort of like lower jaw, lower head, um, like teeth, mane, all of that stuff is lion, and they gave him. Uh, boar tusks and they gave him uh the like lower lower calf legs and tail and everything is wolf so, he's he's like some dr moreau yeah it's looking. yeah it's some some bad full metal alchemist alchemy went on here 
uh, <laughs> to, uh, to, to make this creature. But uh, yeah, he's a little bit of everything. Um, it works great because um, it's not it's not unappealing. Like a lot of when you see other beasts, yeah, they make like the one we're good. talking about, the Good Times one. Yeah, the Good Times one, or even the Ron Perlman one, or whatever. It's like they, they, they it's like they make them like you know okay. You can only do so much with Ron Perlman. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Same time, it's like, um, yeah, they make it. They they make him unappealing. Right. So like, like, and I like for the story, I get like him being unappealing is sort of the crux. Like she's still able to fall in love with the heart he's, of this creature despite his horrible looks. But he doesn't. He's going to be some, somewhat cuddly. Yeah, but like he's not disgusting in this. Like, no. like you look at him, and it's like, oh god, I'd I'd be terrified if I saw that in reality. Yeah. yeah. But like, like yeah, yeah. But you know, they also made him like appealing. Like, it's not like it's not like you look like you you want to see more of the beast. It's like you're happy when it's like, oh, he's not like shrouded in the shadows or anything most of the time well, or something. I mean, at, at this point, he's like, we got to merch this guy out. Yeah. This is nice. We need to sell plushes yeah. and, you know, dolls. Yeah. So it's yeah. a good voice too. That, yeah. The beast voice is really, really good. Yeah. Um, and the voice acting all around is a plus on this. It is really good. Yeah. Uh, I don't think anyone is bad. I think everyone no. is pulling their weight and it's great. Like, um, Every every character is is very good. Um, so even like the bit characters and like the I need six yeah. eggs lady or how is your wife? Those are all just good little little yeah, just well good, done. Yeah, exactly. Just nice little character bits. Um, so yeah, as we were talking about earlier, they do we're gonna make this one a couple of different times, the thirties and fifties twice. Like so, they wanted to do one in the thirties, never happened. They were thinking about doing one in the 50s. Never happened because the one came out in 46. Um, but then Roger Rabbit came along and changed everything for the studio. Changed the game. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, they, they they resurrected it around this time. Um, so, uh, I forget. There was something... Um, Oh, it was it was going to be the same director. It was, it was like the director of animation for Roger Rabbit, which was Richard Williams. And the funny thing about Richard Williams is that he had his passion project that he was constantly working on of the thief and the cobbler. Mm-hmm. Um, so he didn't accept uh, Beauty and the Beast because he wanted to keep working on the thief and the cobbler. Um, <laughs> so, you know, not the best move for him, but no, but it worked out I'm fine for everybody else. <laughs> like he started working on that movie in like the eighties, and like it didn't fully get released until like ninety five. Like kind of kept like, but like it even starts before that. Like that's when it went into full production. But he was like, he started working on it in the sixties, and like started doing like some pre-production and early production stuff in the seventies. And then like by the eighties is where he was able to get money to actually make it. So then he started working on it and it was like Warner brothers picked it up and they're going to start working on it. And you know, they're going to give him money for it. Then eventually they drop it and then you get, um, then he moves on to another 
you know, money for you know, the production company and stuff. It's like, it took, like, this was just this guy's movie that he just constantly wanted to make and get out there. And, you know, eventually. His Chinese democracy. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he's, <laughs> he's had some fun, like, um, like, you know, he did a lot of animated short features in the 60s. And, like, he did, like, he was like a, director of like a Raggedy Ann and Andy thing in the seventies. And I think he did it. I think I have to look at it. Yeah. There you go. Director, producer, and voice of crooked Santa in the 1982 TV movie, Ziggy's gift. <laughs> so I would have watched that, but I was too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was, um, yeah. But so his big break was that he directed the animation parts of who friend Roger rabbit and, um, what was uh tummy trouble? He did tummy trouble mm-hmm. too. Roger Rabbit short, and he was the right. voice of he was the voice of Droopy in okay. both of those. Um, so you know he he you know he declined Beauty and the Beast to work on Thief and the Cobbler. Not not again, not the best move, but move nonetheless. Um. Uh. One of the interesting things for Beauty and the Beast is it does something that um, had never happened to uh, a Disney animated feature before. Uh, Any guess? No, I don't. I, I, it's something to do with the soundtrack. Nope, it was the first Disney animated feature to have a screenwriter. Oh, yeah. Um, most of these movies were uh, were always developed on storyboards. There was no traditional screenwriting situation. Right. It was all storyboarded. That's just how they did it with Disney. Um, but they actually hired uh, somebody to come in and write a screenplay for Beauty and the Beast. Adapt it from the yeah yeah from the story. Um, and it was. Um, uh, uh, Linda Wolverton. Uh, she also did the screenplay for a lot of other Disney stuff. She did Lion King, and recent stuff to like Maleficent and stuff. So like you know she's she's <laughs> she's uh, you know significant in the history yeah. of Disney stuff. Um, she is the first and only female screenwriter with a solo writing credit on a billion dollar film. <laughs> oh. that'll be this one right <laughs> no um, the live action Alice in Wonderland from the ah. so I don't this movie hasn't made a billion dollars like I'm which, surprised it hasn't uh, it's only really had a couple of re-releases you know when it came out in the 90s things weren't really reaching that price point because um Ticket sales are still relative. Ticket ticket prices are still relatively low. The the, and the DVDs and Blu-rays VHS sell really well. They sell really well. It's a billion dollar movie in an overall sense, but a theatrical ah. sense, no. Okay. So, so yeah, so it had a screenplay, which you know is quaint for a Disney movie. Like, uh, which is funny because you said it's a very paper thin plot too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, you know, 
it's when you adapt a book to a screenplay, yeah. it gets weird and because and also it's a Disney movie, like so you only work with so much. Yeah, yeah. Um, it had some production issues. Um, surprisingly, Jeffrey Katzenberg didn't like the initial cut of the film. <laughs> <laughs> A trend you tend to see with Jeffrey Katzenberg. Um, so when he saw the original original cut of the movie, um, the original storyboards, he was like, "Nope, start over." <laughs> um, and it wasn't like originally a musical. Like, like it wasn't until like you know, Little Mermaid was a success and The Rescuers wasn't kind of like you know you have like right. you have some issues. Um, but, um, but yeah, they, they they wanted to make a musical out of it eventually. Um, it, they knew this was the trend was heading was toward musical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's when you get uh, um, Ashman and Mankin involved. Right. Um, so, you know, they had written the score for Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. Um. And they and they was like, we want you to take this movie and turn it into a Broadway musical. Like it is like Little Mermaid had some great musical numbers, bigger than that kind of thing. Um, so that's where it mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Unfortunately, um, uh, very sad uh, was. Um, Ashman, while um, making this movie, he just recently learned that he was dying. He had AIDS. And so, um, um, you know, it was it was a big deal at the time because, you know, this is 91. Um, AIDS is still, you know, people are still weird about it, that, like, particularly at this point in time. Like, yeah, like having it's... More, it's becoming more understood but at the same time, people are still so it's like you know like kind of keep it on the down low with that. To, to this, to this point, we don't really have like you know like Arthur Ashe and Magic Johnson and Freddie Mercury like yeah people that anybody could, could name who'd had AIDS. Yeah. yeah. So while working on this, um, and he at the time was working on Aladdin. Um, uh, he didn't want to do Beauty and the Beast. Um, he only kind of did it, you know, he, he reluctantly did it because again, he knew he was dying. Like, you know, this is what we, this is what we're going to do. Um, this is like, I, you know, I'm going to, I'll do this. You know, my health isn't doing great. Um, and Disney was very cool about it um, because they didn't make him travel. Um, because he, he wasn't doing well, and they really right. wanted. They, they knew he was going to do a good job on this, so they were doing the. They moved the entire pre-production of this movie to London, like, <laughs> like, like basically to his backyard. Huh? Yeah, they, 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 uh, um, not to London, but from London. I'm sorry, like, right. so pre-production was moved from London to him. I, I got that. Because like so like pre-production of this was in a residence inn in New York, <laughs> um, because that's where he lived and that was close to his home. 
so he didn't have to travel much. Um, and that's where they were fixing the script out of, you know, a residence in, in New York. Um, Which is kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, so they say, so yeah, they're retooling everything. They're fixing it to make it a more Broadway musical style thing. Um, and uh, there's not <laughs> that with those things. Like there's not very many characters in this movie um, or in the, in the book. Right. So that's where you get the, like, let's just make the entire castle enchanted. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, so it's, it's very sweet of Disney. Like, they, you know, they handled it really well. Yeah. And they weren't, you know, in a time where uh, most people would try, like, a lot of studios probably would have pulled away a little stronger. Like they just committed to it because they knew that this was the, you know, this is the right call for us, and he does good work, and so what? At the same time, you know, um, tell you what you want about like um, Michael Eisner and Frank Wells. Like Frank Wells, you know, was the reason Michael Eisner was able to be as successful as he was. But Michael Eisner wasn't a bad guy. No. Um, so he really did care about, you know, the industry as a whole, and he cared about, you know people involved in it it's just it circumstances happened that pushed him you know out of relevancy of the studio so you know i mean like look at the stretch that we're, we're going into like this exists because of some of the decisions that um he's made right um, like we're in a pretty this is the beginning of something really special. Uh, you say Little Mermaid was really, but yeah, yeah, like, really like yeah. Now, now we're gonna now we're gonna go into like, like we're officially in blockbuster territory with Disney movies like, at this point. Like you think about like the fact that okay, Disney in the last what ten years has acquired Marvel and 20th Century Fox, correct? Yeah, none of that happens without this period here we're going in. Yeah. We're in. And, and if you know, inevitably I'm going to get the theme park stuff on here. Yeah. Because one of the contention points, especially with Michael Eisner was he wasn't good at that side of the Disney market. So while we're having this incredibly successful period of Walt Disney animated films and TV and um, live action movies and stuff, they're losing money hand over fist because the theme park stuff is getting out of hand. He's got, you know, Euro Disney, which is a big disaster. They're, they're doing things like Disney, Disney quest. And yeah. they're doing things like they're trying to get a Midwest park open and all sorts of crazy, you know, there's, they're dealing with Tokyo and Hong Kong and all of this, stuff. like it all just like, it's a mess. And, you know, they're cutting back, at the theme parks that are already there. So, like, you're starting to see them taking a budget approach to things. You get California Adventure gets opened at, you know, this budget theme park that was supposed to be a much bigger thing because of bad decisions that he made. Right. Um, so, like, you have, you're making so much money this side and squandering it over here. And it created what should have been one of the most, like, positive forward growth moments of Disney uh, stymied it a little bit because of some genuinely bad decisions made unrelated to film 
or, you know, or personal vendettas that, you know, we're going to get to at some point. Yeah. Um, because Katzenberg's not around much longer. Katzenberg's not much around much, much longer and uh, becomes a major thorn in Eisner's side. And if Frank Wells is going to, is going to unfortunately lose his life shortly too, which is the turning point because you have Frank Wells dying. You have Katzenberg, um, Eisner having their massive falling out and the lawsuit that ensues. And you also have um, Eisner having a medical event. Right. So, you know, these are things that just makes Eisner tired and things change forever after that. And it's coming up real quick, but not super quick, but you're going to get there. Um, but uh, yeah. So <laughs> back to production of this one. So by 1990, everything's been finalized. Sort of the storyboarding and the script. So, or the script is done. So the storyboarding begins. So you have the production crew going from California to New York to get approvals from Ashman and then back from New York to California. And but Disney never told them what, why they were, why this was how this was working. I would assume you could put two and two together. I can assume that Ashman wasn't looking great. It's like, like something, something is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're never told, but you know, again, I'm sure, I'm sure it was a, I'm sure it was water cooler talk. I'm sure it was a rumor that everyone worst kept secret kind of thing. You know what I yeah. mean? Never told, but they all knew. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, and it's the typical at this point in Disney, it is, you've got um, the caps system uh, coming out. Like, so, you know, this is, you know, Pixar is partly responsible for this movie because of their um, software and everything. So, and again, this is still Steve Jobs. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Still... Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs is with Pixar up until like uh, he joins Apple again. Like not like I think after like he's still like partially there once even when Eisner's like gone. Like, like, because th- the whole thing was he refused to like he refused to work with Disney and sign a new contract because he hated Eisner. Yeah, you know, so um, that's a fun story too. Yeah, yeah. Um, the this there is reused Disney footage in here. The uh, uh, Sleeping Beauty. Yep, the yeah. final dance, the yeah. finale of this one is um yeah it's just Aurora and Philip from Sleepy Beauty. Um is that is that more like a budget thing or an homage? Um it was a we're running out of time. Ah. <laughs> it was this movie needs to be done and let's just wrap it up. This is a this is just the final scene. It's not like they did it to the big stance number in the middle. It was this so um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, I, I, I love it. Uh, it's, it's, 
they did some great work on this movie. It's got some fun, like, you know, it's, it, it's, it's unfortunate. Like there's some sadness that goes into production of this and like, you know, Academy Awards and stuff. And Ashman never sees its release. Um, they dedicate the movie to him though. So. They dedicate the movie to him. Uh, this movie opened in, uh, let's see. It had its premiere in September and it had its, um, it opened nationally in November and let's see, when did gotta fight Ashman again down here? This is this is good, good radio, JJ. This is this is really good. Uh, <laughs> Howard, well, this- there he is. And Ashman died in March of '91. So, so he never even saw the premiere. So yeah, never saw, never, never made it. He might have seen like a rough cut. I even like, like yeah, he would have seen the storyboards at least. I mean, he was approving them and everything, and he might have seen some preliminary animation, but March with a September release. And at this, he's probably at this point like, I'm not going to leave the house to go watch a movie. Yeah. Like I, you know. So. So this is very much a Christmas movie too, or a holiday film. Um, and they they and the one that they premiered in September was uh, a work print version. It wasn't the fin- the final print of the movie, so. Um, um, it was like seventy percent complete. <laughs> so uh, there was like there actually was like the world premiere of this had pencil animation in it, which is kind of which is weird for them, but like yeah, that is weird. Yeah, um, and then they they premiered the full version at the uh, Cannes Film Festival, and um, it had its national uh national debut um in op- world opening in uh, november 22nd so um, like right before thanksgiving <laughs> yeah yeah november 22nd so right before thanksgiving so you see so you know so this kind of gives you an idea like it did pretty well initially <laughs> and it did have some uh it had some uh re-releases uh, uh when, when, when were, were the re-releases? They did an IMAX re-release. Oh, it's uh, right. They did. You're right. In 2002, what was significant about the IMAX yeah. release is that they put in uh, a whole new sequence of a deleted song into the movie. Oh, yeah, which is now like, in the Blu-ray cut, if you get it. Yeah, the Human Again song. Yeah, which is, eh, I could take or leave, honestly. There's a reason it was cut out. Yeah. Um, uh but yeah, so um, so you got that, and then they re-released it uh, again in 2010. Weirdly enough, it's like a Disney sing-along version of the movie. Yep. Hosted by Jordan, Jordan Sparks, which uh, American Idol uh, thing. You know, very, very of its time. Yes, very. Disney was cashing in hard on <laughs> on, on the pop culture at the time. Um, and then they did a 3D version in 2010, uh, which I saw that one. I saw the 3D version. Did you see the 3D version? I never saw it in theaters. Huh. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, we got it for Christmas the following year on VHS for my aunt. <laughs> and my sister proceeded to watch it twice a day, every day, during yeah. the Christmas break. <laughs> That's uh, Yeah, so yeah, they did a thing. And then like, oh, no, it was like, yeah. 2000 and now I have to look it up again because I don't know if it's 2000. It's sometime early 2000s. 
mm-hmm. they did a re-release and apparently didn't cost them very much uh, to convert it to 3D. So it was like money in the bank kind of thing. Um, is there like, is like the Steelbook version, does it have that one on there? No. Okay. I think they haven't done like the animated stuff, like the Pixar stuff, they'll do like some of the 3D versions out there. Um, but like, because they did Mermaid and Lion Beauty King. The, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, and Mermaid. And you can't get any of the 3D versions of those on disc. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're they're good. Uh, <laughs> they're, they, they've re released this one countless times on Blu ray. Yeah. This is like, I think, is this one of the first Diamond Edition ones or one of the last Diamond Edition ones? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Probably to either one of those. <laughs> uh, it was the second Diamond Edition. Okay. So, and it, and, it no had its, and it just had its 25th anniversary edition in 2016. Which it, duh, the fact that this movie is over 25 years old is disturbing to me yeah um here's an interesting upon its first week of release on home media uh the film topped the blu-ray sales chart and debuted number three in the nielsen video scan first alert chart uh it was behind (laughs) teenage mutant ninja turtles out of the shadows so the live so bay turtles 2 right and civil war captain america civil war so so two of those are Disney films. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so two Disney and a Nickelodeon. So <laughs> yeah. um, unsurprisingly, when this came out, absolutely massive critical success. Uh, yeah. I, like everyone loved this movie. If you go to Rotten Tomatoes right now, based on 113 critics, it's 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. As uh, and, it's, crit- and it's and it's like Metacritic, it's like 95 so it's yeah. like because sometimes those skew a little bit it'll be like it's 90 percent on rotten tomatoes but it's like 64 on metacritic because it's rotten tomatoes is just a pass fail it's like if it's a 60 it's not rotten if it's you know 50 it is rotten so it's like if it's 60 and above it counts as a one essentially so the, but this uh, is one of those ones where they line up. It's like 95% on Rotten Tomatoes and 95% on Metacritic. So. And, and of course, the uh, critical acclaim translated to it making history yes. a few months later. And it's, uh, it's absolutely like, let's see. Uh, let's look at the, yeah, here we go. At the Academy Awards, it was nominated for Best Picture, which is unheard of. The first uh, animated film. There isn't there isn't a category for cartoons yet at the Academy no. Awards at this point in history, and there won't be for let's. This is ninety five, and I think the first one is there's ninety one. So about a decade from now is when they introduce the Academy Award when Disney is pretty much out of contention for any of these. Yeah. Uh, by the time they introduce that award, it's Pixar or DreamWorks. That's it. Yeah. Like the Disney stuff is unworthy. Of, <laughs> of of an Academy Award, but like, but so yeah, this is nominated for Best Picture, Best Sound, Best Score, Best Original Song, um, and it won Best Original Song and Best Original Score. Um, it should have won Best Picture. Not only was it re- nominated for Best Original Song, it was nominated for Best Original Song three times at the Academy Awards. It was uh, Be Our Guest, Be Our Guest, Beauty and the Beast, and Belle were all yeah. nominated for Best Song. 
um, Beauty and the Beast, obviously, is the one that won, which should have been. That's the right call for that one. I think that's the more. Was it the was it the Angel Lansbury version or the? I, it's just best original song. It doesn't necessarily. Oh, so just whoever sings it, just. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it is the this this was a written song, so it's Mankin and Ashman win this award. Right. They wrote the song. Right. Um, so yeah, and it won for Ashman best original posthumously yeah. wins. So. Yeah. So and Alan Mankin wins for best original score. Um, so. Very cool. Uh, nominated for the Chicago Film Critics Association for Best Picture. Golden Globes, it was nominated for Best Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy, and won. Uh, best Original. The Gold- what? The Golden Globes are usually a curse, though. <laughs> like, with the whole thing, like, it doesn't necessarily always translate to the Oscars, I think, isn't it? Yeah, but the Golden Globes tend to get it right more often than the Oscars. Yeah. In um, recent years, it hasn't. Yeah, Golden Globes, especially at certain times in history, tend to be the ones that are on the right side of history. As yeah. Some of the others. But yeah, it also won for Best uh, Score at the Golden Globes. Uh, Beauty and the Beast won for Best Original Song at the Golden Globes. Um, at the Grammys, obviously, it was nominated for it was nominated for Album of the Year. Nominated for Record of the Year. And the Record of the Year... It's always confusing. Album of the year is the album. Record of the year is the single. Like yeah. the 45, what would have been. Right. You know, the one that comes in the little thing, the little yeah. glass case. Yeah. So um, Celine Dion and Peebo Bryson version of that is what was nominated for record of the year. It won for best children's album. It won for best pop performance by a group or duo with vocals. <laughs> nominated for song of the year. One for best instrumental comp- composition, best song specifically written, best pop instrumental performance at the Gra- So it cleaned up at the Grammys too, right? Um, so you know it 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 absolutely just killed it. Um, I think it was in the AFI's top ten animated films. It was number seven. Um, so, I, yeah, you got that. It's, it's, hey, it's a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so big and such a fantastic Broadway musical that, of course, they turn it into an actual stage Broadway musical. Um, I'd like to see it someday. It's, it's still it, running? Or? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I think Lion, I think Lion King still runs. I, I think that's one of those things that if it's not running now, it certainly will. Yeah. Um, uh, but it premiered in 1994, so only a few years after the movie came out. It, it, uh, as of 2017, it's Broadway's 10th longest running show in history. Uh, I would, I would at least go watch that. Uh, the show ended its Broadway run in 2007 with 5,461 performances and 46 previews. So oh. it's, that's, that's pretty impressive. In 2017, they released a live action remake of the film. Which uh, we reference a lot. We've been talking about this whole time. So, you know, you got Emma Watson and Luke Evans and Josh Gad and Kevin Klein and, uh, Dan Stevens. Yeah. Ian McKellen and, uh, Ewan McGregor. <laughs> which is, uh, uh, and which also pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, they did a great job. 
and and Mankin returned as composer. Um, so that was that was cool that they didn't just like take his score and let somebody else do it. You know, it's Mankin's back for the, to, to compose it. So yeah, and as we discuss it, it flushes out some plot holes a little bit, yeah. which which I appreciated. Yeah. Um. So, um. So. You know, we're in the legacy section of this stuff now. <laughs> obviously. Another um, five hours we go, buddy. Yeah. Boy, uh everything well with the exception of like the theme park stuff is a little different, but because it it, it, it expand a little differently. Um merchandising, like everything that Disney puts out, there's a Beauty and the Beast version of it in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. There's some, if there's something where they're doing some sort of theming, if it's the, you know, Belle's one of the official Disney princesses. Yep. Um, there's comic books. There's, uh, there was, there was a TV series in the 90s that I don't know if you remember. Uh... That starred Belle. And it was like, sing me a story featuring Belle. I don't remember that. I do know like the, the direct-to-video sequel, or it was like in between right? Yeah, mid-cool, where it was like the Christmas of Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. 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 Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas, and Belle's Magical World, which I do not remember that one. Three magical storybook adventures. So it's just Belle doing a weird thing. Yeah. Let's see. Well, so- this storyline is set within the timeline of the original Beauty and the Beast after Christmas, but before the fight with Gaston. So, yeah, I mean, like, that's, like that's so boy, a lot of time really did ha- happen between, yeah, between Marie or yeah, Maurice getting back and what's he doing? What's Maurice doing the whole time? Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe he was like institutionalized for a significant amount of time, like yeah. you know, because we again we don't really know that time period, but clearly it was enough to have Christmas and three enchanted stories to take place. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's, the, our, uh, that's our sequels thing. Was there sequels? Yes, apparently two of them. Uh, <laughs> well, like we talk about merchandise, like you know, JJ and I were at Disneyland a few weeks ago. And right now, the theme parks merchandising—they're really leaning into Captain Marvel, yeah. Avengers, and Aladdin. And and, and we um, still sell bell dresses and yeah. beast. Yeah, you know, it's like it's, yeah, yeah. And because it's Mickey stuff, there's like they've doubled down on Mickey Mouse stuff too. Yeah, but Sleeping but, uh, Sleeping Beauty, Beauty and the Beast is still just this absolutely massive. I think it helps that Belle out of all of the princesses is probably the most like plain and like human like. Like she's just yeah. they don't make her they don't go out of their way to make her look exceptionally beautiful and perfect and everything. She just kind of very plain I mean she's still she's still a very yeah, she's still a very cute character design and is very like, you know, she's clearly gorgeous in this universe, but they yeah. don't like go above and beyond. You know, she's not blonde hair, blue eyes. She is brunette with brown eyes. Like, you know, it's a lot of the lot of the women in my life, uh, they love Belle because she's a bookworm. Yeah. She's not like, oh, I'm just this little like, oh like I just want a man. Like, no, she doesn't really care. Yeah. She's not like you know, that yeah. For, for that's amazingly progressive. For the time she's like, I don't really care about. Yeah, 
finding a dude. I got my books. Yeah. And, you know, Disney on Ice was a huge success, and Beauty and the Beast plays a significant role in that. Um, uh, video games, yes. Uh, yeah, Beauty and the Beast. Several. Yeah, Bell's Quest. Yeah. Um, yeah, you have. There was a board game, Beauty and the Beast game, on the Game Boy Color. Huh. Um, obviously, Kingdom Hearts just everywhere because beast is obviously very easy uh i'm sure there's again we'd say it every week i'm positive there's a tiger lcd handheld oh i know there absolutely 100 percent was a tiger lcd handheld because i remember it very well it was purple and pink uh <laughs> did you own it what did you own it almost certainly Yuck. i i didn't care about that it's like ew girl like it was like it's beauty and the beast <laughs> yeah that's the other thing it's like it's a very like it gets this rep for being a very female centric princessy movie yeah. but like if you're a guy and you can't enjoy it for that reasons you're yeah i don't know what to tell you dude like like it's, you get it a little more with like little mermaid like it, it's clearly geared towards girls more right but like even that movie isn't like overtly like like feminine yeah, feminine or doll like tea parties and things like that. It's just, it's, yeah, it's character drama, you know, and like all right. of these are, you know. It's, uh, apparently, there was a uh, video game on the Sega Genesis that I do not remember called Beauty and the Beast: War of the Beast. <laughs> That's my own. I don't remember that game. I remember I, the, uh, I remember the original one, but I do not. Bell is the one that I remember. So the world of that's so the reason I know it's because uh, you remember when KB their infamous discount bin. Yeah, my sister and I were at KB. They had Roar the Beast for like five bucks. Huh. Yeah, I have it. I still own it. Uh, oh. It's it's made by Sunsoft. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. It's it's friggin' difficult. <laughs> <laughs> it's like horribly difficult. So yeah, yeah. Um, what? I, it, this is very confusing because I'm looking at the Wikipedia stuff for video games on Beauty and the Beast, mm-hmm. and it says Beauty and the Beast video game redirects here for the 1996 sequel to The Last Ninja. See Beauty and the Beast Commodore 64. Yeah. Well, the, so the sequel to the Commodore 64 game. The last ninja was called Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> okay. Do you that, get it? There's a cheat code for War of the Beast. Uh oh. Do you know what the cheat code is? No. You're a bad lad, Bubba. <laughs> okay. Up, right, left, A, nice. down, B, U, B, B, A. Nice. Yeah, nice. still remember it. So, um, theme park wise, um, it's not. There's no ride. No, I was, uh, I, I was like, am I missing something? I forget. There is, that's not to say that there isn't a significant uh, presence of presence of Beauty and the Beast. Obviously, characters, ob- characters, yeah. the obvious one. But like, you go to like Disney World, and there's like Gaston's Pub, and yeah. there's like a statue of Gaston in front of it, and there's like. You go to Disneyland, and I can't remember which. There's a couple of places there in Fantasyland that sell that sell like 
Beauty and the Beast inspired food. One of them is literally called the Gray Stuff, like mm-hmm. a little dessert, like a little moose-like dessert called the Gray Stuff, which is from the Be Our Guest song. Where it's like, try the Gray Stuff; it's delicious. It's delicious. I wonder. How, I, I wish I'd known that now. Yeah, and guess what? It's delicious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, he Lumiere is not lying. It's uh. Like he's a cop, he would know. He's <laughs> yeah. Jerry Orbach wouldn't lie to you. Yeah. Dun, dun. Nobody puts gray stuff in the corner. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um. So yeah. Love this movie. Uh, yeah. Do you want to do the movies of 1991 or rank it first? Let's let's uh, let's see what movies it came out. Has we already got? We talked off air a little bit about that, but we talked air off air just 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 a tad. Um, so the number one highest grossing movie of 1991, we talked about off air. So, you know, this already, I'm sorry, everyone, you don't get to hear Nick try to figure this one out. I forget which ones you thought were, I thought it was either Batman returns maybe, or, yeah. Um, but the number one movie of the year is Terminator 2 judgment day. Yeah. Um, the first R rated movie I ever saw. (laughs) So also, Pretty good movie. Also, especially coming off the heels of a recent release trailer for uh, whatever, Terminator, Dark Forces, Star Wars, whatever. <laughs> the, yeah, the Terminator and Mara Jane. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. It, it, the Dash Ringar's there. <laughs> yeah, does not look good. Uh, <laughs> number two of this year, uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. You know, hey, I like I like that movie. Do you remember that that movie was a massive success? Like people oh, forget, yeah. people for tend to forget a little bit, but that Robin Hood movie, Robin Hood movies in general, like people want to go see Robin Hood movies. They just want you to make a good one too. <laughs> so. I I saw this in theaters with my with my aunt and my mom. Yeah, because they loved Kevin Costner. Yeah, and I mean, it turns out their favorite part of the movie was Alan Rickman as the sheriff. It's also one of the few times where um, you got a Morgan Freeman action figure. Yes. Uh, and they re-released the Ewok Village. <laughs> as as Robin's play. And also Christian Slater. Let's just make him play Evans movie. Yeah. But, um, you know, unlike yeah. some Robin Hoods, I speak yeah. with a British accent. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. It's, uh, it's the third best Robin Hood movie. <laughs> I would agree to that. I think the Errol Flynn one is phenomenal. Oh, I thought you were going to say like the... Uh, the Disney one is also I was gonna say, phenomenal. I was going to say Men in Tights. You're going to think I'm thinking Men in Tights, huh? No. I like I, Men in Tights. I, I, I'm being realistic in saying that the Errol Flynn Robin Hood is a phenomenal uh, okay. movie. <laughs> Can I count Robin Hood Daffy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yoinks um, in a one. Uh, yeah, the Dave Chappelle... Uh, yeah, Robin Hood, Carrie Ells, Robin Hood, Men in Tights, Mel Brooks movie. Um, number three of that year, Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and Beast. Yeah. yeah, number four, Hook. Also, a movie I like, I, and that you like. I love Hook. I, uh, Hook's a great freaking movie. Hook is incredibly good. And if you haven't given Hook a look at in recent years, which you probably have, because yeah. like when Robin Hood, let's say when Robin Hood, when Robin Williams passed away, 
it made people look back at some of his, you know, roles. And that was always one that popped up because like, he's great at it. Everyone's great at it. Like, it's, yeah, that's it's, a good movie. Yeah. It's like our generation grew up yelling Rufio. You know? Yeah. Looky, looky. I got a hooky. Yeah. Like I, I love that movie enough where I actually asked for like the action figure line for Christmas that year. <laughs> so I had, I had yeah. pan and tall terror hook. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. I, I kind of want to watch it again like now. Um, and also a great score. Yes, very much. Um, number five, Silence of the Lambs. Um, also good. Fantastic movie. I just recently bought Silence of the Lambs Criterion Edition. So uh, <laughs> you get to see uh, get to see Brian uh, Brian Keith get his head beat in high def, 1080p baby. Yeah. Uh, number six, JFK. Okay, so two two so two costume movies so far. Yeah. Uh, number seven, the Adams family. I I love the first Adams family. Yeah, it's it's good. It's very very good. It's uh, it's the one thing where you like you remember Christopher Lloyd's actually a really good character actor. Yeah, yeah. It's and and, and Raul Julia is absolutely yeah. Amazing. Oh, like yeah. like oh like he's Gomez Adams. Like in my yeah. <laughs> like in my yeah, world, that's like, I, yeah, you know I, I don't I didn't grow up reading the comics. Or yeah. like see see like too many with with the jaw asked. Yeah, like the TV show wasn't like on my wasn't like constantly running, so it was yeah. like it's not like the '60s Batman or something where it was just like yeah. like they just kept that show going for an eternity until like it wasn't able to make money anymore. Like I had well, it, sort of in like like I didn't know when it was on. I I mean I watched it. I know I did. And I enjoyed it, but that movie well, the, was came out at a perfect time. Yeah, like yeah, like the thing like when I was a kid, like they showed Adams Family once in a while, but they showed the monsters more than Adams Family. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. so I was more familiar with the monsters. Like, like yeah, it's like we knew more about the Adams Family theme song than the Adams Family itself. Yeah, like um, number eight, Cape Fear, the remake, the Robert De Niro. That movie's actually really good. It's really good. It's one of the counselor. It's one of those rare like like Cape. You know, it's remaking uh um a robert mitchum classic a, yeah a robert mitchum classic is like that's you know you're taking you you're you're taking a leap yeah and, and going back to our our yeah. funds for for simpsons parodies oh yeah. absolutely oh, one of the best the, the thompson's episode of the simpsons is new horsefield yeah <laughs> Yeah, the rake that, scene. Uh, well, absolutely one of my favorite episodes. Oh, yeah. Episode for me. Yeah. Um, number nine. Uh, I didn't expect to see this on the list. Hot Shots. The original one, not part two. Not part two. The original Hot Shots. Which is, when I see it on the list, like, like okay, I, I get it. I remember that movie was big and it, you know, got a sequel and everything. And, you know, it, early 90s comedy, but it's the number 10 movie that I sort of thought would have made more than Hot Shots. And number 10 is City Slickers. Oh, man. Yeah. I love City Slickers. City Slickers is great. Yeah. So the Curly's Gold, not so much. No, no. But, but the first one. Yeah. Just with one thing. Yeah, that's, so that's your top 10. I'm just now looking at the rest of the movies. Oh, White Fang, which is a Disney movie. 
came out in 91. Um, I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen White Fang. <laughs> I probably, I probably watched it in school, but I can't tell you <laughs> for sure. Never Ending Story Part 2, the next chapter, no thanks. Yeah, I try to use Alive. <laughs> yeah. Um, King Ralph. <laughs> I, I, I actually kind of like King Ralph. <laughs> uh, the movie that lets you realize that Dan Aykroyd is 110% completely and utterly unhinged came out in 1991, and that's nothing but trouble. Oh, God. The, that's a, yeah, he plays the he plays the crazy old judge. man judge, judge. With, yeah. where his nose is clearly uh, it's incredibly phallic. Yeah, uh, it's, it's also not very good. Oh, it's terrible. It says it's a horror comedy in its description and I'm like, it's only horror by the sense of it looks disgusting. Yeah. It has like those weird mutant twins and stuff and it's got like John Candy and drag and stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it. It's very bad. It's, it's don't don't seek it out. No, it's not good. No, it's like, it, it's a curiosity. I'll give you that. Like, but boy, it's like oh, Dan Aykroyd's not right, is he? <laughs> if you want to see all, a, if you want to see a, him, he directed and wrote it. There you go. That explains that. If you want to see a decent '90s Dan Ak- early '90s Dan Aykroyd movie, watch Sneakers. That's a good film. Uh, the Doors came out. Okay. So Oliver Stone really kind of yeah doing some, doing some work in 1991, huh? Yeah. Like JFK. He's 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 fresh off what Platoon and yeah. yeah. New Jack City. There you go. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two: The Secret of the Ooze. I. Do you like do you like it better than the first one? No, no. Okay. As a kid, yes. Yeah, I was say, like I because as a kid, it was as close to the cartoon as you could get. Yeah. Um, and as and that's that was exciting. The first one wasn't anything like the cartoons. No. Um, but as as an adult, um, who's now been able to go back through the history of Ninja Turtles a little more and actually read the car- comics and everything. Like, oh, the, the first one is not only just a great Turtles movie, but, like, it's a genuinely good, like, practical effects, like, yeah. action, creature feature kind of movie. Jim Henson's Creature Shop, like, yeah, put, like put work. Put, yeah, put some work into it. It looks good. It's well acted. It's dark, but 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 not heavy. Yeah. Um, it's generally good. Like, Turtles 2 is just like, we can't use our weapons. And also, here's Vanilla Ice, and it's not Bebop and Rocksteady, but. Toka and Razor. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, you and I Authors have like. Um, and Toka and Razor. <laughs> I mean, me, me and you, I like, you know, we like, oh, Super Shredder's Kevin Nash. Yeah. yeah that's our big thing. Like, yeah. 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 So, like, as a kid, it's like I technically had a Kevin Nash action figure. Yeah, exactly. I had before he, before he was I feel like that thing was rare. I feel like Super Shredder was a rare figure. Yeah, who knows? I I owned it and I didn't understand any of that as a kid. He was he was perennial TV champion for me. <laughs> but yeah, but like, you know, growing up, it's like like I think three isn't as bad as we remember it, but it's also terrible. Like it's the crack as, show on three. Yeah, it's as bad as two, and two's yeah. bad. So <laughs> you know, it's yeah. 
but I, how about yeah. Robert? How about Robert Townsend's uh, <laughs> The Five Heartbeats? Never saw it. It's got Keenan Ivory Wayans in it. Or, or, yeah. like, or uh, he like it's like screenplay <laughs> like credit for it or something like yeah. Oh, Drop Dead Fred. Hey, <laughs> Toy Soldiers. I remember that one. Not Small Soldiers, as some people would probably get confused. <laughs> and, and not the Martika song, Toy Soldiers. Yeah. Madonna's Truth or Dare. Oh, What About Bob came out this year. I love What About Bob. Baby Steps out of the office. <laughs> Frank Oz is a great movie director. And, well, he, he yeah. directed The Little Shop of Horrors as well. Yeah, and... Um, Blues Brothers. Uh, oh, Blues. Jungle, I'm sorry. Um, and, and wasn't it uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? Yeah. A Bowfinger, which I don't know if you've gone back to Bowfinger. Bowfinger is actually a really good movie. I think at the time. I, it was like, a long time. I, I think at the time people were like, oh, that's like, you know, it's uh, Steve Martin and, Bill, and Eddie Murphy kind of on their downslope of their career. But like, um, go back to Bowfinger. I, I, that's, it's worth going back to. I think that movie is really good. <laughs> like, Especially with some older eyes on it, like. <laughs> but um, yeah, I love what about Bob? Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it. I, I I I get I Richard Dreyfuss's character is annoying annoyance. So that movie is just like seriously, yeah. this guy's annoying. He's yeah, a crazy no. man who followed me to my home. Why yeah, are no, you welcoming him in? Yeah, no, Bill Murray is incredibly unlikable in that movie. And yeah, that's like good. <laughs> he should. Uh, Backdraft came out in nineteen ninety one. I actually kind of like Backdraft. A, a sequel to Backdraft literally just came out. I I saw that and no. It's, it's currently on Netflix. You can watch yeah, it on Netflix. It, my parents, my parents watched it. I guess and like I said, well, it, how was it? And I was like, fine. <laughs> my dad didn't much care for Backdraft originally, so it's it's as good as Backdraft is to him. So <laughs> the the legacy of Backdraft for me will always be like. The Universal just committed to that experience for yeah. years. It was a cool experience. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it was, if you went to Universal in the winter time, that was a great ride. <laughs> <laughs> um, only two characters return in the sequel, and it's the William Baldwin and Donald Sutherland characters. Because <laughs> what? Yeah, why is Donald Sutherland that movie? Billy Baldwin, I get. Yeah, Billy Baldwin. Sure, I do not know what Donald Sutherland's character would be. I'm like, why? I'm like, no. Is he starting fires again? (laughs) Like, you you do realize you're Donald Sutherland, and you don't have to do this movie, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like you're 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 cool. I think Donald Sutherland just said the, hey, here's a script. All right, I'll be there. (laughs) Just keep doesn't care. Just no, just keep doing voiceovers for orange juice commercials. Yeah, Hudson Hudson Hawk came out. Oh, like, good what? god! Wor- <laughs> I don't know if it's a worse game or movie. Oh yeah, they're both like, terrible for their for their platform. <laughs> this is like, oh, you know, people love Bruce Willis. Let's put him in a bunch of stuff. Like, no, yeah. let's not put him in a bunch of stuff. Hey, guess what? Bruce Willis, not a comedy guy. He has the potential to be funny, but that does not make him a comedy guy. And yeah. Hudson Hawk it, it tries to do that absurdist comedy, and it's just terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Thelma and Louise came out this year. which That's a pretty good movie. Yeah, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. That's not a good movie. 
Jungle Fever by Spike Lee. Oh, one of the most overlooked Disney movies of all time came out in 1991. Uh, Live action. Okay. Had to be. Give me a hint. No, I'm just going to tell you. It's the Rocketeer. Okay. <laughs> uh, good speaking of Timothy Dalton. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. You know what? Dude, the Rocketeer is a pretty dope looking movie. The Rocketeer is so good. And the fact that Disney has yet to sort of cash in on the aesthetic of that movie is maddening. Like, yeah. like it's, could, it's not a bad movie. It's actually really good. Very good. It's a great period action piece. And like, you could easily just make another one today. Like, yeah. it doesn't even have to be a sequel. You're just like, it's the Rocketeer. It's guy in the rocket suit. Here he goes. Yeah. It's, like, it's, yeah, it's a period piece. Just like, he doesn't have powers. He's just yeah. a guy. It's like, <laughs> and it's not like the original Rocketeer was like, you know, Kurt Russell or something. It's like, it's Billy Campbell. Like, nobody, yeah. knows. you just put anyone in that role. It doesn't matter. Just take Star Lord and change him just a little bit. <laughs> Make him the Rocketeer. But they, the, they're uh, almost wearing the same attire. <laughs> well, I mean, like the the whole appeal of it was, I mean, the, the, the biggest stars in that movie were what Timothy Dalton, Paul Sorvino, and Jennifer Connelly. Yeah, and Alan Arkin was in it. Too. Alan Arkin, yeah, yeah. Oh God, I love that movie. I love that movie. Like genuinely yeah. love the Rocketeer. You have much of some Mondo stuff with Rocketeer on over here. Oh yeah. Um, the Naked Gun two and a half. Yeah. Problem Child 2, eh. Terminator 2, 101 Dalmatians re-release. Okay. Point Break. Hell yeah. <laughs> Utah, oh. give me two. Oh man, look at you, look at you, Keanu Reeves. Point Break on July 12th and Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey on July 19th. Mm. <laughs> oh. I... <sighs> It's okay. The bogus, bogus, journey is, bogus journey is perfectly fine. <laughs> it's okay. So, and that's more than acceptable. It can be okay. <laughs> For what it is, it's fine. How are they going to do the sequel without George Carlin? It's the time travel movie. Who knows? It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> They'll it do matters it. to me. I want to know what happens to Rufus. <laughs> uh, let's see. What's the next big thing? Hopsters. Hot shots. There we go. Doc Hollywood. <laughs> oh God. Speaking of like downslip of the career. Yeah. Michael uh, J. Fox is like mm. Michael J. Fox co-starring with Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rover Dangerfield. Oh God. The Robert the Robert Rodney Dangerfield animated dog movie. <laughs> <laughs> No. Warner Brothers really trying to. Or how about Rockadoodle? A Don Bluth Chanticleer. <laughs> I. I uh, Rockadoodle is. It's, it's pretty bad. Return, it's, to the, Return to the Blue Lagoon. I never saw the first one. A movie that I absolutely saw uh, in theaters. I. 1991 family dog movie, Bingo. <laughs> I 
Look, especially back then, you could get me to go to anything that was like, it's a dog-featured movie. It's Beethoven, bingo, whatever it is, I'll be there. Kid. Hey, Double Impact came out in <laughs> There you go. That's a good movie. Yeah, Barton Fink. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. Mm. Uh, Child's Play 3. Still, like... This is 1991, and we're still getting theatrical child's play movies. So, yep, for for reasons that nobody can nobody can quite figure out. And yet, here we are in 2019, and we're getting another child's play movie. Yep. Uh, let's see, Ricochet. Unfortunately, not the professional wrestler. The Denzel oh. movie. Did <laughs> uh, the Washington does a 6:30? Yeah. <laughs> Ernest scared stupid. That's the one I've seen. Yeah, that's, that's the one that's, I've seen. That's the one Ernest movie you've seen. Is Scared Stupid? The one I can remember. Yeah. <laughs> I'm probably pretty sure I've seen like you know, uh, goes to jail or goes to camp. Or, I I've or, seen Ernest Saves Christmas several times. Okay, maybe I've seen that one too. Uh, Frankie and Johnny. Um, Al Pacino, Michelle Pfeiffer movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool as ice. Oh God. Drop, this is a dark drop dark the period. hero drop the zero get with a hero <laughs> that's right rob van winkle yeah um he was a thing he was a thing he he had two significant movie situations in 1991 of a featured featured part in teenage mutant ninja turtles 2 and cool as ice a yeah. film starring him starring as, him as seemingly him, <laughs> if you if if you're at all curious about watching that movie, you got to do the riff tracks version of it. Yeah, yeah. It, even then, it's still kind of rough. Yeah. Uh, Highlander two, the quickening. Dude, why? <laughs> like, hey, you know, like the whole thing with the Highlander. Yeah, we're aliens now. Why? What? <laughs> oh, the people under the stairs came out this year. That movie's kind of good. I. No, I highly recommend the people. That's a Wes Craven. Right? Wes Craven, directed yeah. and written. Wes Craven. Cape Fear, Kafka, The Adams Family. An American Tale, Five Goes West. I love Five Goes West. Opened the same day as Beauty and the Beast. Yikes. Yeah. Um, you know, the original American Tale, you know, took some took some of, of the thunder away just a few years earlier. From this, and this that would be this, cold. And that like, hey, how do you like them apples? Yeah, the, the, the whole thing about Five Worlds West was like, oh, Jimmy Stewart's doing a voice in this movie. Uh, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. Hell yeah, I love Star Trek VI. Uh, the Last Boy Scout. Uh, better oh, than Hudson Hawk. <laughs> is, that, is that Damon Wayans in that one? It is Damon Wayans. Damon Wayans and Bruce Willis, yeah. Yep. And Halle Berry is in that movie. She is. 1991 I, Halle Berry. <laughs> the only reason, I, the significance of that movie is we took a, Mike, when I was in school, we took a field trip down to L.A. and we were by the Coliseum and we were, we couldn't, we, we went to go like near the Coliseum. Like, no, you can't. We're filming a movie there. Yeah. It's called The Last Boy Scout. Like, oh, okay. Is, oh. It, is it good? <laughs> we don't yeah. know. <laughs> uh, rounding out the year, you have Prince of Tides. And, I was Prince of Thieves. 
and fried green tomatoes. So, okay. yeah, like 1991. Good year for movies. Also a very bad year for movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, for, for every, you know, City Slickers and Terminator 2, you get Hudson Hawk and Cool as Ice. Yeah. So, you know, you're... you're uh, a lot of cartoons this year, more than I remember. But like, not saying I'm not saying you know. Yes, you have. I I like Five Goes West. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not the original American Tale, but I have fondness for Five Goes West. But Rocket also, Doodle, you, not so much. You also have Rocket Doodle and Rover Dangerfield. So. <laughs> Fern Gully's not out yet at this point. I think Fern Gully has already been out by this. Okay. Because I think that was like. Uh, no, next year. Next year. Okay. All right. Next year. I thought it was last year, but it's next year. So we split the difference. <laughs> um, so just next week we talk about Fern Gully. Fern Gully. Uh, was it? Was it Robin Williams in Fern Gully? <laughs> so, yeah, he was the bat, right? So he gets to be in both Aladdin and Fern Gully in the same year. <laughs> Yeah. Hopefully, Don Blue painting with art. <laughs> certainly, certainly seems to be the trend. Yeah, it, it, I Ferngully obviously kept to their end of the bargain because I absolutely forgot that Robin Williams is in Ferngully until I looked at it. It's like, oh yeah, that's right. They didn't market him because he doesn't want to be marketed. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's that's that. You ready to rank it? Yep, yeah, let's do it. I have I have cleaned up the lists because it was getting out of hand. So. Uh, to get a I, brand new driver race board. <laughs> yes. Uh, we'll st- well, I've now separate. I used to have them in one Excel sheet, but that got increasingly difficult because, like, you're inserting lines and you're having to drag and drop things to line them back up, and things are getting all sort of. And so it's like, you know what? I'm just going to do two separate uh, document files. <laughs> one for let's you. Open, let's let's open another Excel tab. <laughs> so, you ready? Yep. Robin Hood. Worse than Robin Hood. Jungle Book. Better than Jungle Book. Better than Jungle Book. Nick putting it at number deuce. Yeah. I I really like this movie. And it, it, I even had to think about, like, do I like this more than Robin Hood? <laughs> nah, it's close. But. Uh, so for me, let's see. I like it. More than the Jungle Book, no, not more than a, less than the Jungle Book. I like it more than Fantasia. Wow, so, number two. Wow, um, Fantasia got bumped again. Well, Fantasia's been holding at two since Jungle right. Book, but so, we we yeah. we're very upfront, yeah, about this stretch. Like, there's yeah. going to be some shuffling. Yeah, so both of us, it's number two on both of our lists, both with different number ones, but both yeah. of our number ones are based virtually the same movie as our canon has figured out, because my number one is Jungle Book, and yours is uh, Robin Hood, and as we've deciphered in recent years, they are directly connected. <laughs> I I predict, maybe not next week, but the week after, I predict <laughs> there might be a new number one for one or both of us. <laughs> so, there we go. I'm going to say that while it's not my favorite Disney movie. It's close. It's very yeah. close. Yeah. Um, but I think it is their best movie. 
Oh yeah. Um, it, 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 it's firing on all cylinders. They have the, their team is second to none at this point. They've put together, you know, it being scripted probably helped it a lot. Yeah. Um, it being, um, you know, a musical, a, a musical, and producing it as such, going out of your way to make it a musical, to make it a Broadway style musical, is a goes. It helps a lot, and it's visually stunning. It looks gorgeous. There's no, there's no moment in it when you're watching it, and you're like. Mm. Or anything. It's like yeah. start to finish. It starts off with the gorgeous stained glass and it ends with the gorgeous stained glass and everything in between is just top notch animation. Um, and that's going to be a consistent theme throughout yeah. like, for all several of the stretch of movies. Um, uh, and so, you know, and, co- and you know, the cultural impact of beating the beast can't be um, you know, overstated. It's it's it had a massive impact on people, um, and, and rightfully so. Yeah, and to this day, so highly, highly recommend Beauty and the Beast. But I don't, need to, I don't need to tell you that. You know that already. You know that Beauty and the Beast, like it was an it, Academy Award nominated cartoon before there was like, a category for cartoons. So, yeah. if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't watched it and you're dependent on us to to convince yeah, you, I. I have no answers for you. Well, like the first like twenty five episodes of this show will be will be useful to you perhaps because there's a lot of movies yeah. in there that you probably have never seen. Yeah, or they're hard to find, or they're hard to find, or 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 you know, or you forgot about, or yeah, or it's like you didn't know, like you know, some of those weird forties movies that we were doing, like a lot of those you wouldn't know were a. Yeah, like, they, Snow White part, may not be your cup of tea. Yeah, but but like. You know, things like Make My Music and those weird saludos and weird things like that, like, you may not realize that those are part of this lineage. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even though we're telling you that saludos de amigos and the three caballeros are uh, objectively horrible movies that you probably shouldn't watch, but there's the curiosity there. It's like, is it really yeah. that bad? Watch. But we don't need to tell you that with Beauty of the Beast. You, no, like, it, you know already that you like it. Uh, <laughs> or you don't. You like yeah, it or you don't. don't. Yeah. Um, and if you don't, and, how, and why? And if you don't, <laughs> please unsubscribe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, because uh, this is probably not the show for you. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, yeah. It's some, something's broken. And <laughs> we're not going to be able to fix it. And you're just going to get increasingly more angry as you listen to it. The so, There's a great empty hole right to the middle of you. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Um. Yeah, that's that's Beauty and the Beast. Uh, next week we will be doing uh, another marathon episode. <laughs> another marathon episode because oh, we're firing on all cylinders now for the next several episodes. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait. Um, I am actually really excited for Aladdin. Yeah. Um. It's. I mean, I. I you know, I just the other day I just saw. Yes, yesterday, as filming of this episode, yeah. recording of this episode, I saw the live action one. So that's fresh in my soul right and now. I'm probably seeing it next Friday. Um, I'm going to yeah. do a double feature of Godzilla and Aladdin. <laughs> that, that, that's that's whiplash. Um, <laughs> that's t- that, but that's that's pretty much on brand for me. So yeah, so I am. I'm also seeing Godzilla next weekend, but. Uh, uh, 
not I've already seen Aladdin, so I don't have to double dip into it that way. So, all right. So yeah, next week, Aladdin. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, it's gonna be good. I can't wait. I, oh, did you know that they released a Tangled short film when they released this in theaters for the 3D version of Beauty and the Beast? I didn't. Yeah, I, I don't know. That was just one of those stupid things. I just was it the one? Was the wedding one? Tangled Ever After. Yeah. Yeah, that's one. That's on the Disney Pixar uh, collection. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. I just thought yeah. about that. So yeah, next week, Aladdin. Uh, can't wait. Join us, please. It'll be a good, fun episode. Uh, it'll just be two big nerds gushing about Aladdin. So just like it's it, it just about Beauty and the Beast. Us extending your, our hand to you and saying, "Do you trust me?" <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so next week, join us on our magic carpet ride. And I to a whole new world. world. To a whole new world. Uh, but until then, thank you, and have a magical day. Then stop.